Hello and welcome to episode 597 of Conversation Street for the 9th to the 13th of October 2023. I am Michael. <laughs> <Jam> <laughs> and Gemma's not that Tim's alive and Steve's dead. Stephen's dead. Gemma, you're not, you're not feeling so good at the beginning of today's episode? Anything to say? You're on a podcast, just, just saying. Just, I don't know what to think, you know. It's it's now quarter to ten. You've had forty five minutes to gather your thoughts. So hopefully you're going to come up with something good for later on. I have no what's, what's, thoughts to share. I, I think we should just end it here. Thanks for listening <laughs> to this episode. The, tonight's episode of Corrie didn't quite go the way that we were hoping or expecting. Maybe um, we've got plenty to talk about there later. I'm sure. Um, hope you all enjoyed it though. And I'm not going to say that I didn't enjoy it as well. I still think it was a banging episode. But there were definitely bits there that. I wouldn't have made happen if I was in charge, but maybe it's good I'm not in charge. Um, we are going to be talking about the episodes that broadcast on Super Soap Week, which is numbers 11,079 to 11,084. Um, when you're in charge, you can't, you can't be like, wow, I wouldn't, <laughs> I would have done it like that. That was my idea. That's true. That's true. It must be really annoying. Yeah, well, yeah, um, it, but speaking of which, I mean... We, we, speaking uh, of really annoying? No, 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 so I was just talking about speaking in charge, it just made me think about um, that, that executive producer job that was advertised a few months ago, and I was just waiting for that to be announced. Um, it's not me, it's not me. It's me, so. and I'm going to retcon... <laughs> You're going to retcon everything that happened Stephen, tonight, don't. No, 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 not, no. <laughs> not everything? No. Just the main bits? No, not necessarily. All right. Look, I'm reserving my opinion until we actually... Until we get to the streets. We've got to do quiz. I think I think people know what you think about it. I don't think they do. Because I don't actually know. How well, do how, you know? Stick, 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 um, stick listening. What's the phrase? Stick listening. Stick everybody. listening, everybody. Put that on a t-shirt. And maybe you'll learn what Gemma thought about tonight's episode along with her. By the way, I'd also like to say... We'll learn um, together about mm, our feelings. This isn't the first Stephen Reed-centric podcast we've released this week. By the way, you might not know, you probably do, because it probably appeared on your podcast feed. We did release a special bonus episode last week, which is a, I mean, last night, sorry, which was a top five people that Stephen should have killed. Even more pertinent after today's episode, I'm going to say. But that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, I really enjoyed that, yeah. Oh, yeah, and um, we have had lots of people. Uh, more Please than, listen to it. More people have fun. said that they really enjoyed that than uh, we've had it on a bonus podcast for a very long time. And so thank you for everybody for listening and enjoying and telling us we enjoyed it. There were some interesting parallels to what happened in today's episode. There were some, there were some, Considering yeah. that we had no idea what was going to happen at all when we recorded that. We recorded that, would it be, started about 5pm on Thursday, yeah. So we didn't know. We haven't seen the episode. We didn't know there were no spoilers. No spoilers features. posted on Corey's Instagram there page. No, at that point there weren't. But no. if only they'd been able to hold out for a bit longer, eh? If only they hadn't done that. I was, I'm actually actually feeling. I'm really really right, mad so, at Corey's social even... media for doing that. Anyway, what you didn't what? Let me finish what I was saying. Yes. I would like to take credit here for predicting two things. One, the Rovers was involved. Yes. In one of my. Deaths. Yeah. So you got to listen. If you haven't listened to it, listen. And two, a car was involved. That's very true. So and it was the same death, and it was my number one death. So you're gonna have to listen to the whole thing <laughs> to get to the bit where I might have slightly predicted. Yeah. Uh, what? And also, I want you to tell us whose was better. What? Our ending. Yeah. If it, well, no, I didn't have an ending. I had you were two the endings. one that had two Stephen Reeds getting. I pitched two endings, and they didn't take either of them. No. No. But this, I think it's going to shape up for, to something interesting. Okay? What is? What's happened tonight? Yeah. I, 
I think so too. Oh my god, Gemma, are you kind of glad that we weren't at the Coronation Street screening or just this evening? I probably would have gone and cried at the loo. <laughs> you reckon? Yeah. It wasn't all bad. It wasn't all bad. I didn't fact, say it was bad. Uh, Listen, you can cry about all different kinds of emotions. We, I've, we've had conversations about this before on the show. Even just having an emotion can sometimes make people cry. I, Who knows why? I'm I still would toilet. have loved to have gone to this Steve Marine thing tonight. And Sorry. Uh, I do know that some of our listeners have gone as well, so hopefully we'll be able to hear a little bit about That's right, it's how my it fault. has gone. How dare you have your appendix out, Gemma? Um, anyway, you, you were teasing a quiz for me earlier, so um, mm. I do want to get onto the street talk. Yeah, so. well, let's get on with this then. Okay. You got your pen and stuff? I do. I okay, right, so right this here. is actually... Mm. You're going to be furious. Have you done a quiz that's not... For this week, what have you done? It's Stephen Reed top ten. Oh, questions. a Stephen Reed and quiz! I'm gonna have to give you some clues because I don't think you're gonna get many of these. Well, Gemma, right. why don't you start by reading question one? Okay, question number one. No reaction to that. No, I don't. I've got no emotions left in me. <laughs> okay, so don't even try me. Okay, go on. Um, when not... uh, what? I'm gonna do so badly. I wasn't prepared for this. I know. I didn't warn you in advance. No. When was Todd Boyce born? That's not even a Stephen Reed question. Uh, a Stephen Reed slash. I don't know how. Um, um, how old is he? How old can I get away with saying that he maybe is? Um, I'm gonna say, Todd Boyce was born in the year, nineteen <laughs> sixty-four. I'm more interested in the in the birth date. Oh, I don't know about that. I know you don't know. That's... Well, do I, am I right um, with the year? May, may, why don't you try and get? It's, it's a kind of almost significant number to us. Almost significant date. Just tell me. An almost significant date? I don't know. It's July the 1st. Oh, the day before May he's got a birthday. 1961. 61. Oh, he looks three years younger than that to me. Normally, you know everybody's birthday who's around yours. So you've let the side down. Sorry. Idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Name another soap that Todd Boyce has appeared in. Oh my gosh, this is still not a Steve Marie quiz. Um... I don't care. I don't know what other soaps Stephen Reed. I mean, Todd Voice has also appeared in. Is it? A, is two. it even a British soap? There's two. Is it a British soap? I'm not answering a question. Neighbours. No. I'll give you one more. That's the it's world an turn. Soup. Oh, an English soup. <laughs> Cock a leaky. <laughs> Why do we go and come up with soups? <laughs> um, 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 um. Well, crossroads. <laughs> No, Hollyoaks. Oh, oh yeah, my And he's also in remember. Restless Years. Okay, whatever that is. I thought you said who cares. <laughs> right, now you should be able to get this one. Okay. This is the last Todd Boyce question, <laughs> right? Yeah. Name one other TV show or movie that Todd Boyce has appeared in. Apparently he was in that Murder on the Orient Express that we watched the other week, but we didn't actually see him in it. Was he? Yes, he was. He was, he definitely yes, was. He was. Told us after we watched Correct. It. He Hooray. was the judge. Right. Would you like to hear some other significant... Oh, yeah, go on then. What else has he been in? He's been in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, as the announcer. I've, I've seen that. He was in The King's Man. Yeah. Kick-Ass 2. He's been in a lot. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I've seen these things. Yeah, I've seen... I remember seeing him in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I, think I remember seeing him in that, And yeah. he also has been in... Um, he was in The Crown. Wow. 
Um, he's I've got about scrolling. Quite a bit. He's got so many things. I've got to scroll. And there's something else that we said. Save something oh, for the Stephen Reed character profile. Sherlock too. and Mr. Selfridge. Oh, well, there as you well go. as many other things. Okay, so, right. I've got one out of three so far. Let's the quiz continue. This is questions that are to do with Stephen Reed now. Good. Who is his father? Malcolm Reed. Wrong. I've asked you this twice now. You've got it it's not Malcolm Reed. Both is it? times. That was adopted. Jeff Masters. Okay, I wouldn't have got that anyway. I was just giving myself a point. Change that to a zero. Right. How old was Gail when she first found out she had a half-brother? <laughs> so that's round number. Oh, 40. No, 30. 30? Stupid wow. idiot, Michael. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. You, you, you're going to get this one. Shameful. You're going to get this. Which three countries has Stephen lived and worked in? Italy. Mm. Canada. Mm. England. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hooray. Which Hooray. year did Stephen first appear in Corrie? 1996. Yes. Yeah. Where did Audrey want to go with Sam that caused Stephen financial headaches? See the Northern Lights. Yes. Stephen actually tries to kill Teddy twice. When was the first time? Earlier this year. It no, was around New Year, no, wasn't oh, it? No, I don't mean when. He, I mean how. What was he, the first? He didn't, he, what did he do? Oh, that was not that long ago. I think it wasn't that. Are you not talking? Are you talking about when, he, when Teddy was hit by a car or something? Was it that? Well, that was Teddy's own fault for not looking where he's going. Uh, Everybody knows this. What else did Ted? What did he do? Look both ways before he crossed the road. I don't remember. He tries to squeeze his oxygen tubes in the hospital. Oh yeah. Classic. Final question. Can't... If you get this wrong, you this are fired. From the, the podcast. What was the name of the fake company Stephen set up Seagull. to embezzle money from Carla? Seagull Limited. Yes, Seagull Limited. Yeah, five out of ten. Half else. marks. Well, I mean, that's a passing... Quiz. That's like a C minus. Yeah, that's right. I'll take it. Well, that's okay, because you have, if you'd done your, the Stephen Reed character profile write-up, you would have got the I answers, would, and, and, and that may well be coming soon, we'll have to see. Who, who um, knows? Who's got a birthday coming up? You know, it's nearly Halloween, right? So it, yes. it could be that on Halloween, Stephen Reed comes back as a ghost or a zombie or something. I think you, we, we saw the body bag in the zipped up jam. Yeah, exactly, so it would be a ghost that or a zombie. That soap way of saying he's um, not, he ain't coming back. Sorry, but what's a ghost? Okay, all right. What's a ghost? A dead person. Or what's a zombie? Dead person. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Birthdays, 15th of October, Lisa George, who played Beth. Happy plays birthday Beth. to Lisa George. 16th of October, Maudie Edwards, who played Elsie Lappin. Director and actress Tracy Spencer and Noreen... Hang on a minute. I've done this before, haven't I? What? I, I didn't... I don't write this down properly. Noreen Kershaw and also Tracy Spencer, but I don't know why they've put them together. You've not been checking your, your, your information before you came to the podcast. No, girl. it's not my job to do that. <laughs> you just copied it straight from your database. Remember Shane this this time Ward, next year. Who played Aidan Connor yeah. on the 18th of October. Ian Reddington, who played Vernon Tomlin. Happy birthday to them. Well, they're not going to be happy, are they? They're not going to be happy that you got the birthday. Well, they're not going to be happy because Stephen's not in it anymore. They'll be like, well, what am I supposed to watch on my birthday? <laughs> Ruined my birthday. Right. Um, okay, that was our It really is Friday the 13th. Oh, sad. Sad yeah. times. Well, I bet, I bet your, your appetites are wet for today's street talk, everybody. I suppose we better get on and talk about it, haven't we? Mm. Okay, so um, Super Soap Week Street Talk, Gemma. Yes. Yes, that's yes. what we're doing What's today, that? isn't it? One story this week. So it made my notes nice and easy. Thank you very much, Coronation Street. We're calling it Final Read Through. 
Because <laughs> he is through, he is oh, done with. Yeah. I could have done like mm. read out or read read over. There's so many puns I could come with. That's what I came up with in the end. Or the end of Coronation Street, because this is my final episode. Gemma, there'll be other serial killers. Don't worry. Do you really think so? I think they're, they're yeah. Don't worry. They they like a good serial killer. You do. I know. Sure I've lived away ages. I was Pat Phelan. He died in what? 2018. We get like two years maybe? off, don't we? Like two or three. I would say that the the frequency of serial killer appearance <laughs> in Coronation Street, uh, yeah, it's, it certainly is. They are accelerating, so there's probably going to be one next week. Peter's probably going to bump someone yes. else off. He's like, well, Stephen didn't kill anyone else in the final week, and I've Why got I've I? got the bloodlust now, so sorry, who's it going to be? Adam, it's so off you fun, go. And it's so easy. Why didn't I do this before? <laughs> um, so before we get started then, um, overall, and I know you're still trying to put your thoughts together and everything. Did you enjoy watching it this week? How was your, how was your viewing experience and your like, anticipation really of the hard. episodes and things? Right, because the... Okay, right. I think, I think this is my own fault. And I, this is, this is a, um, an artefact of doing a podcast too. And being a super mega fan. Um, is that you kind of ruin everything for yourself, don't you? Because you think about stuff and you predict things and you come up with ideas or theories and because whatever you come up with is like a multitude of things happening simultaneously and the reality can only ever be one thing, right? <laughs> it it kind of doesn't feel like it can live up to your imagination. Does yeah. that make sense? And it's not really, any, it's not that, you know, it, it's it's my own fault. It's, Corey, it's not Corey's fault that all these ideas I've been brewing, like they can only do one thing. And they obviously, I think it feels very clear to me that Stephen's death was not Stephen's story. It's the story of Peter Barlow and what is going to happen and how is he... I, I think a lot of people miss that though. I really think that quite a lot of people... There, there, there was... We'll get to it, won't we? Mm. It felt like there were some big hints there that there's... Not just the um, the interviews that we saw, but that you know the scene that we I pointed out to you Which feels one? like well the bit we'll get to. Okay. It feels like there's more to the story, and it, I tell you what, if they, if that's it, if they if they didn't make more out of this, I'm going to get super mad. But I, I think that maybe Peter's not going to be you know, getting is... away with this. No, that's and, not my and, point. And, and a good story, a good finale point. to a big story does need to have, you know spark things off for others because otherwise it's going to be like, oh, it's all over and everything's but okay. They I still want say, you to keep on watching. Right, can I just say, definitely agree with that because that was one of my major um, reasons I think that the tram crash is one of Corey's greatest episodes ever because it's spun out in so many other directions, all the different storylines. But equally, there's a lot to be said for, you know... T- closing the book on something in a satisfying way and I don't really think that they did that with Stephen <laughs> I As feel like were... oh, it was it was like and then that's the end of the chapter and now it's actually we're reading a different story but it's still the same book if that makes sense like it it's like if you watched if you watched Star Wars and Luke Skywalker just died halfway through and then they're like no, it's not actually about Sky- Luke Skywalker it was always about Princess Leia and you're like who the hell is this chick she's only been in it for half like five minutes moaning about her planet blown up with a really dodgy British accent. I don't care about it. I want to see Luke Skywalker. As we were watching those final scenes, just when when Peter ran over Stephen with his car, we we were even uh, sitting spoiler. on. Sorry, people know. People know. Um, we were sitting on different sofas even tonight, and we both kind of looked over each other and we gave each other a look as in a. 
wow. is that it sort of look. And I, I think, although I had a, an immensely enjoyable week watching Corrie this week, this is the this is the most gripped I've been about Coronation Street for a, for a good few months. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to say years. Um, the the actual climax in tonight's episode did leave me going, oh. Right, I'm going to say something about this, and that is, they clearly wanted this to be a story about, oh, did, was Peter justified? It's probably going to be a big court case. Let's get, all these interviews are from next week. Um, so they so they obviously needed the, it, to, it to be done in a specific way. So they, they couldn't really do much else with it. They, it had to be the way that they filmed it. But it really feels like they missed such a trick with Stephen because he was always, always very physically intimidating and incredibly violent. So his death should have involved that physicality and menace, but it didn't. He was just on the road and he got run over. Anyone could have got run over. Like, literally any character, that you could have killed any character that way, felt, feels unfair that, that he died... Just by in, getting in a, hit by a car that way. kind of came out of nowhere. And, and I know that they, they like they, I said, it's not it's not Stephen's story. Now. They they dangled the car out there earlier oh in the episode God, by would, having Peter driving around next. To I could not believe how many wall. scenes we got to bloody have to watch with with Peter driving around the ring road. He's making traffic. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Every time we cut to Stephen, I was like, why are we watching this guy driving around? I don't care. Mm. I know that there are massive Peter fans. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the character, but it did feel a lot like I don't need to see Steve, um, Peter driving in his taxi mm. on the phone to Carla. Carla's not in danger. Peter's not in danger. There was no... It didn't feel like it was building up to anything, even though it was in the end. But you don't rewatch. This is the trouble with a soap. You don't really rewatch a soap in the same way that you might rewatch a movie or a, or a television show. No one's, no one's going to... There's not going to be lots of people that go, oh, I want to watch that episode again. And then they watch it and go, wow, it's really tense now. You know that Peter's going to end up killing Stephen. You get to see all these scenes and it builds up to the death. It That's didn't. Not how the, it's every, work. every time, and it wasn't loads, but every time no, that Peter appeared in tonight episode, I was just thinking, I, I don't care about that. Get back get to Stephen. Get to back Steven. to Jenny. Yeah. And then when he actually showed up in the end, um, I thought, oh, that's. that's I mean, I suppose it's, it's. I suppose it's very fitting for this story that by pure coincidence, the moment Stephen happened to be in the middle of the street, Peter happened to be driving down through well, the viaduct under no, the I viaduct. Do, I think that. Okay, but that's going to feed into the whole point of the plot. Yeah, but you know, it's the timing was very, Should very we? coincidental. I don't, I don't want to start on a downer because I did like a lot of this week's. What have I done wrong? No, no, you haven't. I said we're both, well, we're I'm both being a bit of a downer. Um, but yeah, my overall, and and you said that we kind of you built things up because you're a mega super fan or a super mega fan or whatever you said, and you came up with the theories and everything. But I will still insist that it was it was not unreasonable to expect Stephen to have another victim this week. I think that's my my biggest disappointment with the week. Not necessarily the way that he died, although I am a bit disappointed on that. I was. I I was very, very convinced. I was like 95% convinced going into this week that we'd have another victim. I don't know why. Had Coronation Street said that he's going to claim another victim? I don't know, because I don't watch the spoilers. But as the months have gone on, we just built ourselves into this this surety that he was going to have one final person. 
a character of significance, when in the end, his body count is Leo, Teddy and Rufus, none of which have any kind of significance to the Coronation Street whatsoever. Well, two of them were clearly brought in to be killed by Stephen, and one of them was incredibly anodyne. Well, one of them was a little bit like, remember that guy who was involved in the sinkhole a year ago? Well, he, he well, wasn't just a one-off I mean. character. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so I, I, and, and here's another... Here's another Where's Gabrielle gone? Yeah, didn't she get got off scot-free. Why couldn't he? Maybe she'll be her? there at the funeral. And and Elaine. Even Elaine. Away. They brought Elaine Honestly, back. Honestly, what they, are you there doing? Was a, there was a lot of what teasing. What's she gonna do? There was an awful lot of teasing of is, is somebody dead? Is somebody going to be dead this week? You know, there were times this week, and 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 this is the one thing I really like. One of the things I liked about this week, thinking, oh, maybe Tim is dead or. I don't know, actually, I never thought that Tim was dead. I was definitely worried for Jenny's safety after the end of Wednesday's episode. There was no point really during this week where I thought, oh, yes, Elaine is going to get killed. Um, Even even the likes of, say, um, Sarah Louise, Adam and Michael, when they went into the Rovers in today's episode, I was like, oh, one of them's going to be killed off. So it was good that they had me on my toes for that. But then, rather than say, actually, it's nobody... If they'd have just put in a surprise death, it would have it would have lifted it a little bit for me. Um, I'm not going to disagree. With you. I 100 think he should have killed somebody. I don't think it's unreasonable. I I don't think that we got it out of nowhere. Mm. Three is the minimum. There was even a, there was even a comment about three have three being a minimum for a serial killer in the show. Yeah. So so the fact that they were like, yeah, literally, we're telling you we're doing the bare minimum within this storyline <laughs> feels a bit um, annoying. And you know the 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 the, the waves that risks. would have been made by bravely bumping off a yeah. main character. And I don't. And I the don't only, want anyone I to I think die. literally the only person that I wouldn't have sacrificed for a shock value here would be Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> if Jenny had been killed off today, I would have been like, so much trouble. I'm over. I'm done with this. But <laughs> I think literally anybody else, if he'd have killed them, I'd have been like, yes, this is amazing. You've killed well, no. off a huge character. Yeah. And and now it's just like... Wow. I mean, when Adam turned up with his new haircut today, I was thinking, oh. <laughs> yeah, he's made himself all... Okay. all look, so he looks nice in, in rigor mortis. For, is he dressed... Well, it, yeah, also, but is he dressed up for Sarah's funeral? Don't know. <laughs> he doesn't even no. need to do his hair nice, does he? Because Audrey has had experience um, making... Cutting corpses' hair, so she could have done it post-mortem for him. But no, Adam, Adam turning up was a bit of a red herring at the end there right I, I feel like we're just awash with negativity at the moment I'm and not... I, do, I don't want to get that give that impression and it's coming from both of us I don't think that Hang I'm on. accusing you of it it's probably coming more from me at the moment because you're being more more tactful <laughs> as usual what? go on yeah no I was I was just pausing you're to gonna let you read it but, yes, I I don't know how you want to do this. Are we going to do a whole episode each, or should we like take over do a halfway? Whole Why not? Well, I don't know. I don't know whether I want to do two whole episodes and you just do one. I might I might have a little bit of a pause part way through, and I don't know whether we'll kind of stop to discuss things as we go, or whether we leave all the discussion at the end. That might go a long way. What do you want to do? I don't know. Let's just let's just take it. Let's just say it by ear and see what we think. So, we we had these. These flash forwards this week, didn't we? Mm. And um, 
it was it was somewhat reminiscent of the Toya and Imran final week um, yeah, just last okay. year. It was almost like Coronation Street said, oh, we quite like that. Let's do that again. Oh, EastEnders have got big flash forwards this year to the Christmas murder. Why don't we do that? What, how did you find those? Um, it, it did feel a bit like not as successfully done as as the um, as the last year's one. Also, it's like literally to the to the day, you know. No, no, it was that that was Britain's well, Got right. Talent week. Okay. It was it was right, to last year's back, big week. Um, how did you find that it wasn't? Because with me, it was just the fact that it was it was only interview scenes. I suppose that made it different in a way, um, but um, it didn't it didn't intrigue me enough. It, it all it kind of did was say these people survive. What it made me realise is that there's a significant part of the story still to come. Uh, Because, like I said, this is not Stephen's story now. This is Peter Barlow's story. And all these people have been interviewed about whether Peter was justified to kill Stephen or not. Well, it seemed like it seemed like Michael and Sarah and Carla's interviews from the, 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 the brief snippets we got were more Swain trying to ascertain... Did you really not know anything about Stephen Reed being a massive killer? And Michael, poor, poor innocent Michael, going, oh, "I had no idea. I'm only an idiot." And and Sarah was, I can't remember what we. She was. She was in the hospital, like, in, and I think we guessed that on Wednesday, didn't we? Because we realised mm. that there were black and black backgrounds and white backgrounds, and Sarah's the only one who had a white background, and we didn't really even pick it up on Monday. And then on Wednesday, no. we were like, "Oh." How come they're two, they're, they're in the dark and she's in the light? What's happened here? Mm. If Corey was a bit more abstract, it might have been her in heaven I know, yeah, being I... interviewed by <laughs> Jesus. Like, well, what did you do? <laughs> uh, but no, it wasn't obviously that. Um, so I think it, it, then you sort of think, oh, well, hospi- White is very hospitally. Yeah. She looks like she's she's sort of maybe been injured in some way. I mean, not really good enough, was it? She didn't get smacked about enough for my liking. <laughs> I, she, I nobody really... was in mortal peril. Well, they, she, she was whacked no. over the head. When Stephen popped her, he- her on the bonce on tonight's episode, um, I thought, oh, maybe, maybe they have done this. But then I thought, oh, no, wait. We've seen her in a flash forward. And I forgot that all week I was thinking, well... Sarah doesn't that Sarah doesn't um, die then, and and she'd been going into this week. I'd been convinced that she was is, was, was was a really strong candidate, but straight from having that, it kind of spoiled it. Thinking they... no, she's not unless unless I thought on Monday, May, well, maybe this is flash forwarding to Wednesday, and maybe she gets bumped off on Friday. But once they went through mm. Wednesday's episode, and they still didn't show those scenes, it felt like she was a lot safer. See, this is what I'm saying about the calculate. They've done a calculated um, thing here, where they've decided to sacrifice the dra- some of the drama that they could have gotten out of Stephen's death. And they and they're using it for Peter's story, and that's you know, I mean, a lot of people can argue that that that's the best, that's the right move here because Peter Barlow's a, a legacy character, he's a big name, um, and he's a more popular character. So so pivoting at the very end to turn it into a different character story, who's more popular, you know, it feels like a a good idea. But from my perspective, as somebody who really invested a hundred percent into this. Stephen's storyline, it does feel like I was shortchanged, both on 
like the tension, there was no tension because you knew that some of the big names weren't going to get killed off. Mm. Um, you knew, like when he died, it was kind of anticlimactic. Immediately it turns into Peter's story. And he didn't kill an extra person it's, that he could have It's done. a little bit like how Ryan hijacked Daisy's stalker storyline, yeah. isn't it? By getting the acid in the face and going, my turn now. See, there's a lot to be said about some stories organically moving from one stage to another. But it does feel a bit like Corrie is, is kind of distracted by shiny things too much. Mm. Like, oh, uh, never mind about that. Let's, there's another shiny thing over here. Well, we haven't really closed the door on, on this other thing properly. Anyway, you're going to read this. But I, but I think okay. that, well, we're going to the end again, but it's fine. I, I, I don't think that Stephen's going to be completely forgotten about now because it was clear from those um, that interview that Audrey had with the police officer at the end of the episode that she's now got an axe to grind against Peter That's Barlow. My point. Maybe this will be... It's, it's Yeah, but it, yeah, go on. Maybe I was just going to say, maybe this is going to be the, the Barlow-Platt feud that we've been wanting all this time. Yeah, see, another thing I predicted in my Stephen Reed you did, finale. You did, I did. Um, so, yeah, uh, with, with the flash-forwards, uh, they, were, they were okay, mm. but they, they didn't tease me in the same way as the Imran and Toya ones did which was just showing little snippets from the week and then as the week went on you reached them you know and you go oh that's how they got there oh so when they flashed it we're here now and this was all just flashing to the very very end of the week so uh, I I I think it was on Monday's episode they had flash forwards throughout the episode whereas Wednesdays it was just at the beginning and Fridays it was just at the beginning um, what well, the the thing that the my my mini theory and maybe this was just me clutching at straws after Sarah was hit on the head today was that <laughs> we maybe, say bonked on the bonks yeah but she was just bonked, bonked on the bonks <laughs> my 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 crackpot theory was that maybe Sarah's flash forwards are actually flashbacks yeah. and and then it would be revealed at the end that she does get killed and those scenes that we're seeing with her being interviewed by Swain it is a previous been, interview yeah, that happened and Swain's watching it yeah yeah that, that we and haven't we see seen and we go watching. oh this was that time when Sarah I, I yeah, can't even I think what it could be I know but this is the thing this is what that I mean about clever. fans ruining it for themselves mm. and we're doing this and we're complicit in this this is what happened to Game of Thrones this is what happened to Lost. Yeah. The internet is a blight for this. We cannot help ourselves. We get so excited, invested. And it's all very well also to come up with all these ideas like Captain Hindsight and be all smart and, you know, oh, I think this would have been a better idea. We are not in the thick of it. This is so much more complicated than just sitting on your bum in, on a Friday night going, I know. I know what they should have done here. It's so easy I to totally criticise. I totally understand. Yeah. And I'm not <laughs> for, uh, once ever saying that I would ever be able to do this better than anybody else. And, and definitely not the people that are doing the show. It's just very frustrating when you sort of think, oh man, I wish, I wish, but you know. It's because when you, what we got. when you build a picture in your mind and you think, yeah, that's going to be great. And when it doesn't happen, you don't stop to think, well, what actually happened was actually still good. Yeah. You think, well, it wasn't what I, what I well, convinced you, myself you're building was off of something happen. that you never would have come up with in the first place. You're yeah. just riffing off of something that somebody else has done already. <laughs> it's not really that creative to come up to come in after somebody else has already done the hard work and go wow i think that <laughs> anyway. anyway i do like that idea darling i don't mean to criticize well, no 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 it's fine <laughs> you can you can have that one coronation just use that later use don't that. use it straight away we no, don't need flashback away, don't flash forward sorry to become a regular feature a, of coronation street yearly no, no, not an annual um, uh, thing, please. But anyway, so we've, we had our flash forwards. and it did So we've got of... Carla and Michael. 
and, and, and Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. And they're and, all kind of defending themselves, aren't they? Yeah, I can't so, really remember what they're saying. No, I can't, I can't remember. I, I think as the flash forwards went on, as the week went on, it became a little bit clearer what they were talking about. But Sarah's clearly... Well, we knew that it was going to be Stephen. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Michael was clearly just saying, I don't know anything about it. I can't even remember what Carla's saying. I'm just a dumb that. but lovable idiot. Car- Carla's... I think Swain was eventually asking Carla, why Why did you even do this? What? So I guess... Well, I don't know. I, 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 don't, know, well, I don't know about. what she was talking about. And maybe even the same to Sarah Louise as well. Um, but it was clear from Sarah's... Um, running mascara and she had it looked like she'd you been scuffed up a dirty, bit and but dirty but like, I think it was just women, a mascara the, it was very interesting seeing the men going why has she got dirt on her face and the women like look at her makeup it's just totally eyes. <laughs> <laughs> can I I'd also like okay, to say yeah. Tina O'Brien I do think you're wonderful I'm sorry for really Baying for we your blood we need to apologise to a lot of people here that <laughs> we've the, killed off for the past month yeah I, I was willing, like I said, to sacrifice pretty much anyone other than Jenny for yep. this story. But I, I, I'm glad that we've still got plenty more years of Sarah Louise to come. I hope, I'm I hope. not sad that... This is, this is a key point I want everyone to understand. I'm not sad that the people that are alive are still alive. Even Tim, okay? Because like some people that I don't like you have died... I wouldn't want him to be canonised in death. <laughs> I wanted to carry got, on. What sort of tribute do you think they'd have for Tim if he got murdered? Oh, he this was always week? such a good, fun lad, blokey, blokey, nice. They'd probably like have a gold no, statue of him erected him outside on. number six Just in the front garden. Let him live on, disgracing himself, so everyone can see that Tim is not that great. And then eventually, say five years time. When he's finally done the, the, the 500th stupid thing, people can go, God, you know what? I wish he had died when Stephen <laughs> locked him in that boot. Gemma was right all along. Right. Um, well, Monday's episode was all about him, wasn't it? And, uh, but and yeah, to be clear, I'm, I'm not, I didn't want anyone to die specifically, but another kill in general was yeah. all I wanted. Right. Is that all? It's not, not too much to no, ask. No, I know it's not, not my birthday anymore. Not. Still your birthday month, darling. <laughs> um, so we see Jenny straightening Stephen's tie. I thought that this was going to turn into, uh, at one point during the week, that Tim would maybe be found... Because he, he was tied up with this tie later, wasn't he? And I wonder... You know, when Stephen tied him and threw him in the back of the boot, he was his hands were tied behind him with Stephen's... That was last week. No, that was this week. You don't even remember it. That was this week. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was wondering whether happened, whether Michael. Jenny would say, hang on a minute, that was the tie that I was putting on him earlier this week. But anyway, they didn't go anywhere. Oh, I know that. what you mean. Yeah. So anyway, um, speaking of ties, he, Stephen is daydreaming as she's doing this of becoming a Thai resident himself in his new new life over in Bangkok. And he's, um, he's I can't remember how he even brings it up, but he asked her about fishing and wouldn't you like to be sitting on the edge of the river? Give me a Thai river. Goodness Quite. me! How am I supposed to know? Um, and and saying, look, does does anyone does anyone here like fishing? Does maybe Tim go fishing at the canal? And she says, oh, Tim wouldn't be seen dead down the canal. Cue the beginning of numerous references to, uh, and and lines dropped in there for um, Tim's death. Tim Tim's dead. Tim, uh, he's he's dead to me. Him. I'm going to kill Tim. Um, also, so I like the so idea forth. that Stephen saw Tim at the side of the canal with a stick poking, and he thought. Okay, maybe he's just fishing and he doesn't know how it works. <laughs> yeah. That is definitely what Tim would do. I don't know. I went down the canal and I poked a, 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 poked a, a, a stone. I poked at water. Nothing happened. Tried Swole to get me a minnow. Rubbish. 
Well, maybe well, he's a bit of a caveman, isn't he, Tim? Yeah. So maybe with spearfishing is his thing. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, um, speaking of Tim, we then get to see over at number six, happy anniversary, Sally. I've got you a lovely anniversary card. And he says he's going to give her a day to remember. And so doesn't he just... Another soap phrase of doom. Yeah, it was somewhat, wasn't it? Meanwhile, over at... Um, where do Connor and Peter live? Above the book... Where they're over the streetcars, aren't they? Um, Peter's badgering Carlo about Stephen. And she's like, look, I know that he's a massive um, wrong'un, but I can't do anything about it. Swain's told me I've got to just sit still and they'll sort it all do out. You think Don't all worry, week... Craig's on the case. Ryan's just in his room with his Oh yeah, what's Willie Ryan? out. <laughs> what's Ryan going, been doing? I am so week? relieved people have leave me alone for once. Yeah, he is. He's like brilliant. I got the flat to, think he's like, flat to myself with all this weird, drama's going on. Weirdly though, my biggest customer, T Dog's not not hit me up so much. I wonder where he is. <laughs> Turns out it's Steven. <laughs> no, it's um T Dog. Oh Tim. Tim. Oh yeah, T not Baton. Um <laughs> Okay, so anyway. Peter's like, well, it's not going to stop me doing something if you're not going to... I know you've been told. I'm going to do something. By the end of this week, he's he's a dead man. And um, he he says, look, you're not going into work with him. And she says, I can do whatever I want. This isn't your decision. Over at the cafe, Stephen and Jenny are there. And he says, look, I just want you to keep the move secret for now. Let's let's get it all sorted first and then we'll let people know. Jenny (laughs) says, she's happy to... Sorry, you're the better. After this week, you never have to hear this again. Oh, no, you will, because we're going to do the... Stephen Reid. We're going to do the... We will do a character profile. There may be a couple of impersonations in it, I expect. Anyway, um, so she she says, yeah, whatever. She's so... um, Head over the over heels with Mr. Reed that she'll keep quiet for him. And then then very handily and coincidentally, and what are the chances of this happening just this very week, Brian and Mary come in and start accosting them because they're looking for helpers to dredge the canals this week. This feels like it happened so long ago. (laughs) Who'd have thought that in the week that the body gets revealed, they just happened to be dredging the canal this week? And Stephen's like, uh maybe I'll sign up for that. So that he can uh, presumably get, get in to there the bit first. and like not dredge it. Yeah. Um, but it, it turns out at the end of the day that they're not even dredging Teddy's lock until next year. So that's all right. So he's got got a little while yet to um, either recover the body no, or... No, he's going to run off to Thailand. Run off to Thailand and hopefully nobody will put two and two together yeah. when they find it. Yeah. Anyway, meanwhile, Tim's back at home cooking a, an anniversary tagine, no, making a bit of a don't. hash job of it. Nobody mm. wants an anniversary tagine. Everyone's over tagine. Oh, tagines. Sal probably thinks tagines it's... are like 15 years ago. I know, but Sally's... I, I think that she's still in. Sally's it. still in like prime M&S 2005 mode. Exactly. But um, she's not really happy, not very impressed with the the effort he's putting into this. And he's not done enough preparation for it. He hasn't even and got then, the ingredients. Then to make... He hasn't got his... What is it? Pickled walnuts, was it, that he yeah, needed? Yeah, pickled walnuts. Yeah, I, I hate a tagine. I'm glad that that's yeah, not no, in fashion like anymore. It. Yeah, that was a, that was a bad bad ate. era for for food. Your mum bought me a tagine. We both made tagines did. and talked about how much we liked making tagines. You did. Your mum bonded over tagines, and didn't you? Always used to put apricots in them. Dried apricots were a big tagine yeah. ingredient that yeah. Michael did not Sorry, like. Sorry, mum, if you're looking down on us, I don't really like tagines. It's, it's out there. Um, anyway. Just to make matters worse, <laughs> then comes, Kevin comes oh, in. Oh, can I just also say, yes, we can. had the exact same tagine. I think everyone in oh, this the country t- had the pop. exact same tagine as yeah. that one. 
But I had terracotta to... with green and red stripes. I had to throw it out. Classic design design. It got cracked. Sad. Um, Kevin comes in. He's managed to get himself tickets to a football match where they'd be sitting in a box next to legendary second best goal scorer ever or something in Weatherfield County history. Tommy Orpington. I thought he was disgraced. I thought Tommy Orpington was disgraced for um, getting not. in with the Brents a couple of yeah, years ago. Yeah, I thought he was but, up to shady dealings. But clearly not. Maybe that's just the uh, the headcanon that we've got for him. But anyway, I, can't, I, I, I missed how Kevin's got these magic tickets. But it's quite tempting for Tim. You know, you got... Tommy on one side, you got Sally the other side on the anniversary. See, Tough I'm decision. To myself so here. Tim's like, I need to really think this through. If I was, uh, if it was our anniversary and you and you suddenly got tickets for like, oh, it's the Spice Girls, and I get to watch it Thanks. with J- Jerry because she's not going to do any performance. She's going to sit there. More likely to be Victoria in that case. All right then, Victoria. I get to watch it with Victoria. Yeah. Would you? I mean, I'd let you go. I'll be like, go on then, get her drunk and see that's, what she's... That's get her to talk you're not, shit. You're no Sally. Gemma, <laughs> Gemma, write that time code down for me to bleep. Get her drunk and get her to talk smack. <laughs> um, anyway, so Tim's like, I, I, I don't know, I, I have to give this some serious thought. And Sally's like, I can't believe you're thinking of blowing me off for, uh, for Tommy Orpington. Anyway, um, at work, Carla catches Stephen off guard. I know what it would be like. What? Watching an episode of... The final episode of Stephen Reed oh, yes, with Dodge Boys. That's a better, better comparison. Yeah. Instead of going to our anniversary. But then we'd go together, wouldn't we? Yeah. This is why Sally and Tim, not as brilliant a couple as everyone says they are, because they don't share likes and hobbies. Yeah, exactly. They don't even like... Even, even Annie Walker went along to the football one yes. time to go and give it a try. I don't Sally? even think Tim likes Zambezi. It's all <laughs> Zombies, just a big yeah. lie. Um, so at work Carla puts her plan into action of making out that she's actually forgiven Stephen and she's like sorry for the other day I sorry I accused you of being a big big LSD spiker um, must have been Rufus that did it and he's like oh okay thank you very much that makes things easier for me Sarah's there looking a bit awkward because she knows that Stephen has definitely got the capacity for shady business um, Carla mm at the end of that scene fishes oh no i rewatched this i wasn't sure what it was this time so michael the, yeah. the printer's broken or I something isn't it and michael's fixing I it and there's a and there's a scrunched up bit of paper that's got jammed in there um and it turns out that it's, it's the ticket. ticket that that stephen was printing out to go to thailand but michael doesn't see this and he just throws it in the bin but carla her curiosity is piqued by this and she goes and has a look and she's like oh what do we got here then Meanwhile, um, over in uh, in the street... Didn't he say to her that he wanted to go to Thailand, though? I don't know. I don't remember that. I thought he said he wanted... Is this... He's I... just talking about the shop because he wanted to update his wardrobe of, of neckwear. We've had people in trouble with airports and ties before on this show. Yeah. You can't trust them. If he... <laughs> Oh, yeah. John Lindsay. Very true. Very true. If only Stephen had had like a... A spike-lined tie. That's what James Bond would probably wear, isn't it? Just whip it out. Tim somewhere. could have been gone Dead. and garroted by the end of Monday's I, episode. I think that they missed a trick because Saw 10 came out this month. Oh, it was good. We saw Saw 10 the other day, didn't, Why didn't we? They Best collaborate? Saw film in a long time. Why didn't they collaborate with Coronation Street and do a really elaborate trap for Tim? Would have loved that. Just watching <laughs> him suffer and die. I did really enjoy what they did with Tim. Anyway, <laughs> so... um. Brian Brian is there. seeing Peter in the street later on and gives him the clipboard for this canal dredging 
petition or something who's going to come and help out it's not a petition it's a signing up volunteer sheet I yeah okay you're right and Peter, and Peter like, says what? what's Stephen's signature doing down there that's a bit weird he doesn't seem like the community minded type and Tim also is looking mightily suspicious of Stephen's motives because he obviously knows that um, Stephen has got a bit of a different interest with that particular canal so Carla beelines down to the police station Craig no I'm a proper copper here Swain I need you I've just found evidence that Stephen is planning to go to Thailand he's clearly a flight risk and Swain's like yes we got him we're gonna we're gonna nail this guy, but we still can't let him know that we suspect him. Can't tell anybody else. And Kyle's like, oh, I've already told Peter. That was something that didn't actually end up going anywhere, did it? As it might the, go on, somewhere next week. It might next week, possibly. But as the episodes were going on, a couple more people were finding out that Carla knew what Peter was like. And even there was no, a no, scene... What? Sorry, what Stephen was like. And even there was the bit where at Ken's party, Peter reveals to Roy, don't tell anybody, but... Blah, 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 blah. And I thought, oh, what's going to happen now that Roy knows? And in the end, it was nothing. But I do think this is going to come up because that was Peter that spoke to him. Yeah. I'm going to talk about this later. I think I've... But, okay, right. I think it's obvious. Is Roy going to... I think... I'm just going to say this because I've been alluding to this and it's driving me nuts. At the very end of the episode, when when, um, Stephen is menacing Jenny, we cut away from them... Uh, and it's a longer shot away, and they have a they have exchanged words with one another that we do not hear. Mm. There's there's something that's said between there. the two of them that is going to end up being a massively significant part of of Peter's storyline. Then we hear the sound of a bottle dropping on the floor. Now, if that was the bottle that Stephen was holding when he was trying to cut Jenny. That means that he did not have that weapon in his hand when he was run over by Peter. Audrey also says that he dropped the bottle before he got run over. So now the story is going to be, did Pete, was Peter justified in running him over even when from, he was nowhere near Jenny and he wasn't holding a weapon? Even from what we saw. When, when, we, when they had that shot from Peter's point of view in yeah, the car, he, wasn't holding. he was on his own in the middle of the street. Jenny was not in any danger. Yes. It was very clear to anybody watching that Peter didn't have to do that. Peter did it. Because he didn't like Stephen, and I don't think that that I mean that will be the, that's going to be the controversial thing. I think everyone's going to have uh, it's it's clever. Corey's pivoted into a very controversial storyline from a controversial character because there are diehard Peter fans, and also the anti Stephen contingent are going to both be on the side of this was completely justified and Peter should have definitely run him over and killed him. So all the way through this week. It's peppered with little moments that make Stephen's guilt more obvious yeah. or not. Okay? I'd be interested in kind of rewatching it because, to be honest, any time that Peter did stuff this week, I wasn't as interested in it because I was thinking, well, this isn't really to do with Peter. He's just a bit mad for for what Stephen's done to cut to Carla. Yeah, exactly. Um, so so it, he. So, sorry, sorry. No, so yeah, it would be interesting to see if. Peter did drop any clues. I can totally imagine the police speaking to Roy at some point saying, did, Roy, do you think Peter held a grudge, an, yeah. un, an unreasonable no grudge against Stephen? Say that he did it. And um, has Roy learned his lesson from two super soap, super soap weeks ago when he lied to the police over the whole um, 
Kelly. Uh, uh, no, no, no. That was last year. It was the Abbey. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. It was Abbey two years ago, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. And was she holding the gun at Corey? And, uh, Good and, and point. maybe Peter, Corey, and maybe sorry, Roy is going to drop Peter in it. So n- the darling, darling Roy, friend of Carla, so best friend of Carla. Right from the beginning on Monday, Swain and, and Carla have this conversation where Carla reveals to Swain that Peter that um, yeah. Stephen's a flight risk and that Peter knows even though Swain didn't want anyone to know. Then we immediately cut to a flash forward with Swain saying to Carla, what were you thinking? Mm. That See, must Pat, be what were you thinking about telling why Peter. Why did you tell him? Mm. You, you knew that he was a murderer. You would though, wouldn't you? You why can tell your you? spouse. Come but, on. But these are, the, these are the little cookie crumbs that were dropped through this week that I don't think felt significant to anybody. But as soon as I saw... That bit where Jenny and Stephen had that tiny little exchange, I thought, there's something else going on here. And then when Stephen got run over in such a kind of lackadaisical way, I thought, yeah, the story's already not even about him. Now it's about Peter and why did Peter do it and did he do the right thing? Which I think is a really genius move, but I am also cannot help but feel disappointed that this character I've been watching for over a year kind of fell into just... A, a side note in a I, someone else's story. I think that it's an exciting development for the story. I mean, to have Peter Barlow now as a murderer, just, you know, him and Tracy. Yeah, the They can compare Barlow's. records, can't they? See, I said earlier that... Ken's the... not going to be happy. Peter! <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> the Platts, I said, were the crime family of Weatherfield. But actually, I think you can argue the same about the Barlows now. you got Peter and Tracy. Well, yeah, Deirdre was also... sent down. I know she didn't do any of it, but <laughs> still. You know, and Adam was a drug dealer for a little bit. Was he? Well, didn't Ken burn all that money? Oh, yeah, yeah, he was involved in that, wasn't he? Drugs, something or other. Um, yeah. So... Anyway, um, I forgot where we were. Tim and, Tim and Tim sees Kevin in the street later, and he says, "No, I'm an, I'm a good husband. As much as I'd love to sit in a box with Tommy O and watch a match, you have this ticket back. Uh, I need to go and check out some that don't make sense. So we I need to go and poke the canal again. Yeah, with yeah. a stick because I'm that's that's this is Tim all over. How do I solve a problem? Poke it with a stick. Well, that didn't work. Well, out of ideas. <laughs> Just try poking again. It worked. It worked better <laughs> this time. Did. He drives off, and Stephen <laughs> is secretly watching him from Rita's cracked open front door at this point. So he goes. He goes over to the canal. Does Tim? He goes. He pokes it again with a stick. Park. Bloody hell, Tim! <laughs> Just he just honestly, you Pete Tim fans, what? Why? Come on, look at him. Look at your hero. But he, he uh. this time, this poking <laughs> session, um, ends in him, um, finding the roof box, doesn't it? He? he kind of is mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't know. He ba- he bashed it on something, and I think if it was me, I wouldn't immediately think, oh, that's something suspicious down there. I'd just think that maybe there's a giant yeah, rock. A but crap. anyway, Tim is cleverer than I, and he goes no. and he goes and finds a bigger stick with a hook on the end of it. <laughs> it's like it's like the evolution of man in action, it isn't was, it? It was like watching first stick, and now the development what of tools it? is of two thousand and one. Space Odyssey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's just the, the monkey jumping up and down with a stick, yeah. poking at a, a roof box. <laughs> <laughs> was the roof box the bottom? 
Yeah. It's just fallen in the water. It's not quite as iconic, <laughs> I suppose, when it's horizontal. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he's, he's got his, his, his upgraded <laughs> stick and he's going to go and have a bit of a fish around. But we don't get to see that yet because now we're back with Jenny and Rita in the cabin. And Jenny's like, oh, I've got so much to do. I'm going to go to Thailand soon. And um, Daniel Daniel's there. Now, this didn't turn into anything particularly, did it? Him overhearing... Rita wishing Jenny the best of luck with getting her jabs or, or, or asking her whether she needs jabs. I can't remember what it was. Maybe and... this turns into something with how complicit Jenny was with Stephen, but I don't know. Yeah, it could be. I Although I don't think I don't think it was a secret. She's held at knife, well, glass point. Jen- Stephen had told Jenny, keep it quiet that we're going to Thailand, hadn't he? I can't remember whether she had actually told anybody else. Maybe she hadn't. And that's, yeah, maybe Jenny is going to be suspected as of being involved in it. But Daniel's, and Daniel's going to be the one to say, well, yeah, that well, makes a, sense now. A bit of a waste of time otherwise. Mm. Um, anyway, so Jenny makes some remark about, oh, no, I'm doing boxer size and I'm talking about jabs for that. I like, I wouldn't necessarily believe that. It wasn't the most convincing I um, lie. But, you know, it's not too bad to think you came up with on the spot. Um, Stephen mm. would do a better job. I think he's He'd a... say, oh, jab you in the face, Daniel, mind your own goddamn business. <laughs> um, so Sarah's with Roy. She's saying, she's she's um, unloading onto him about Rufus and the drugs and, and, and Carla getting um, uh, LSD'd up and everything. And she, she's also a little bit confused because Carla's had this strange about face where before she was banging for Stephen's blood and now she's apologising for jumping the gun. And Roy's like, well, you know, I've, I've got no reason to doubt Stephen at the moment. And then we get the flash forward to Swain asking Sarah why she didn't tell anyone what she knew. And this was this is what Sarah knows about Stephen being a bit of a forger and also um, getting the equity release on Audrey's house, isn't it? I, I suppose. suppose. So. I suppose. So I'm. It feels like you know that the suspects are going to be lining up for. Did these people know about Stephen? That's that's maybe maybe it's it's obvious, but both but Michael and Sarah and Carla, maybe not Carla so much, but certainly Jenny, will probably all be accused of being in on it with Stephen, and they're going to have to prove their innocence. There's two things going the, on. There's the, there's the the crime that was committed by Peter by running Stephen over. And it's really interesting because in normal soap world, nobody would mention the fact that Peter ran him over on Monday. It would never come up again and he'd never get in trouble. But I really don't think that's where this is going. No, 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 of course not. And the second thing is the money that got stolen. I think that Sarah, Carla and Michael are actually being interviewed about the money, not about about Stephen's death or yeah. Peter's involvement. Yeah. So... If they if they can prove, I guess that they need to prove that they couldn't have known that he was stealing and they genuinely were mm. victims of a crime rather than accomplices. Because if they can't prove that, then um, they're not going to get. There's no way that Underworld's going to get the money back. Mm. I suppose a, oh, no, a bit what, of a problem happen? that I would have with that <laughs> is that we know we know as as viewers that they didn't have anything to do with it, and we've also seen wrongful arrests, wrongful imprisonments time and time again and there's only so much drama you can get in like mate is sarah gonna get sent to prison maybe but she'll get out again she'll be fine you know it's not i'm not particularly interested in that bit but i'm more interested in peter now 
But anyway, um, Tim. Yeah, back I don't to care Tim. about the the fraud. He's he's got his really boring. He's got his hook on a stick, and he's poking around and prodding <laughs> away and down underwater, and then he manages to lever open this roof box and. We didn't see this the first time round, and I could imagine that a lot of people missed this, but if you watch it again and look really carefully, you do get to see, for a split second, a skeletal hand. Yes. It's like Halloween come early. And it, they did a lot better with Teddy's hand than they did with Leo's hand. They didn't just reuse the hand, which is probably uh, quite a temptation for the prop department. It's oh. like, why, why do we need to make a skeletal hand? We've already got a perfectly good zombie oh, hand here. I've just had a really sad thought. What? They could have a display case in the Coronation Street oh, yeah, experience of father and son's dead hands. They could. But then what would they do? have them do? Like high-fiving or just holding hands or, or shaking hands? No, I'd have... Or playing rock, paper, scissors? No, I'd have them in situ. I'd have, I'd have um, Leo's on a little kind of bed of dirt, but I'd have Teddy's in one of those... You know the sort of things you get um, like jellyfish in a, an aquarium? Those little cylindrical uh, water yeah. with like bubbles going through it. I'd have it bobbing <laughs> about in that. Yeah. yeah. With his little skeletal hand. I, I would like to see one day, I'd like to have, see in the flesh, as it were, <laughs> Teddy and Leo's hand. That's going to be my next thing when yes. we go to the prop department. I yeah. want to I want a high five with Leo and Yes, and yes. Oh my God. Oh That's my God. Coronation Street. There. Anyone listening from Coronation Street, the experience, please, you could sell five pound for a photo of somebody of people high-fiving with those that would be so awesome <laughs> anyway tim doesn't find it awesome or, or hilarious or anything tim doesn't have a sense of humor he's just like bloody hell there's a skeleton hand there i'm gonna run into the into the into the taxi and, and get the, on the blower to the police um but oh no there's no reception over well, by... he drops his wallet on the way he does drop his wallet on the way i didn't notice that because i was I busy did. tapping away on the laptop but you said he's dropped his wallet there's gonna he's gonna be find out that he there um so yeah he even though <sighs> i don't know why great. he doesn't have any reception there because a couple of weeks ago he got a phone call when he was at the canal <laughs> don't didn't use he? logic um but anyway he's tr- he can't get in touch <laughs> oh does he yes he does he does get there, there you the go, end, because then. craig reports to swain later we've had a report but um first great jump scare of the episode was then Stephen getting yeah. into the car and he's like fancy seeing you here yes Brilliant. i loved it i loved it yeah i i Going into this week, there was very, very little that I knew that was going to happen. I had seen a picture of... I got, it was a brief glimpse, so I didn't get to study it properly, of, <laughs> of Tim flying through the air what? as if he'd been hit. Really? Going into Monday, I knew that Stephen was going to be knocked out by... by uh, sorry, that T- Todd... Todd, sorry, was going to be knocked... No, Tim. Tim was going to be knocked out by Stephen. Sadly, I knew that. I also knew that there was going to be a scene with Stephen and Audrey, and he was going to be confessing something to her. Really? Yeah. But I didn't but that, know We anything. didn't get that, really. Well, yeah, that was what we got on Wednesday with him saying about the money. Not about the murders, oh. but about the money. Um, so I didn't know anything else. So when but when Stephen got into the car, I was quite excited for what happens next. And he's he's still playing it cool at the moment. And he knows that Tim is absolutely bricking it. And he's, he says, oh, just, just take, give me a lift. Drive me around somewhere. So Tim, Tim drives him around. Um, and then, just pause for a second. Why Why Coronation Street? Did you feel the need to do that on the volume wall? Did they literally hire this, however much it was, million, hundred thousand no, pound volume no. wall just to show 
people driving round. What did you think of that? They must have done, and it, and it obviously is important. It was important to them because it was, it was Peter that was driving, and he became a really significant character, but only in in hindsight. But but honestly, why why spend all that money? I don't understand. Was it was it cheaper than insuring people? Was it just too complicated? Is I it, really is it don't a massive pain it. in the ass to do to do driving scenes? It must be, but but it can't be so bad that you have to hire this. Really quite expensive. But then again, piece they don't have anything else, do they? But then again, surely there are loads of other places where which just have this setup because it's not uncommon for people to want to film. I've always hated in anything though mm. fake driving scenes because they really feel they really so obvious. Look so obviously fake. And this, I, I think it was like Volume Wall's new piece of technology, isn't it? Usually, what they would do is just have a, a normal screen with something projected onto yeah. it. There's and and I got exactly the same feeling as I did when we said saw the Kelly scenes in the Volume Wall. It just didn't feel real. It felt too fake, or maybe it felt too real for Coronation Street. What, whatever it is. Looking outside the car window as Tim was driving Stephen around, it just totally took me out of it. And I was like, that's a screen they're driving past. This is looking too filmic for me. It, it yeah, I just didn't fit in. Out. And I was thinking, why couldn't they just drive around, have them towed around on the back of a lorry like they normally yeah. do? Coronation Street will usually do that. It's very rare that if they want a driving scene, they'll have it projected on a... Oh, sorry, have a normal screen said. behind it. No, but I'm saying that this this was the first time they've done a driving screen with a volume wall. Mm, they don't even usually have a normal screen. They usually have them driving for real. They're towed on the back of something. And actually, that looks very, very real because it is the actual outside. I just did Look. not get on with that being a volume wall. Please, Coronation Street, don't do that again. And it's not like they even did anything that exciting with it. At right. least last year, they were able to use it to show Kelly and uh, Anadi and that on the top of a roof, which they wouldn't have been able to do in real life. We, we did a whole episode on our Patreon. What are some amazing creative and imaginative uses that they could come up they with for using the volume wall? And they said, no, we're not going to do any of that. We're just going to do them having a driving scene. Yeah, right. Um... That is a Patreon episode, isn't it? Yeah. It's not. It, we haven't made it available. No, no. We need to make it available so that everyone on Coronation Street can can, can listen to it because so <laughs> just far, to give them a few. You hints. guys have not <laughs> used this technology to the best of its ability, right? Secondly, um, how is it possible that Coronation Street, using really expensive technology, makes this look less convincing than carpool karaoke? I which know. also does not drive properly. They sit on the back of a of a, a van and get towed about. This is what's his face? That James Corden, yeah, cool. the guy do, that everybody hates. Everyone hates James Corden, but he can do a more convincing driving scene than Peter Barlow. That's just made me think. I need Moira to say to you know. Do you remember that bit the Moira scene at Pat's party when she says to Tracy, "You're the one that everybody hates." <laughs> we need to make an edit of her saying that, that to James Corden. I hope that he doesn't listen. <laughs> Sorry, James, I don't know you that well uh, at all. Um, and, you know, and the final thing I want to say is that the volume wall is obviously a really amazing piece of kit. It was, it's been used in loads of, it was used in uh, the Robert Pattinson Batman film. Oh, it gets used for, it's used for everything. But it's it doesn't massive. work for Coronation Street. No, it works for films when everything is looking filmic. Yeah. But when you suddenly get away from the standard shooting of Coronation Street, and even, you know, compared to, to compare the, the filmic quality or the, 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 I, I don't know the technical language for it. I'm not very good at that sort of stuff. If you compare what an episode 20 years ago looks like to what it looks like now, it is definitely more polished. And maybe that's just the jump to HD. But having 
these effects and Coronation Street over the past I'm going to say maybe even just two or three years have really really ramped up the effects they need to slow down on that because it it's so jarring and this this scene driving around I was just completely taken out of it the final thing I wanted to say was that when I saw when I realized that Peter was um being using the volume more. I mean, is it the volume more? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. I've, I've read it somewhere. Well, okay. if, if, if Curry's social media is to be believed, it is a, the volume more. Right, so so when, so when on Wednesday I just thought, well, this is just a silly... Obviously, it's easier for them to do it this way for some reason. Then on Friday, when Peter was still driving around with this bloody background of, like, millions of millions of pounds of really expensive technology, I thought... Is they, are they going to do a, a car chase? Mm. Stephen's going to get in the car at some point. And, and then obviously we get the, the scene later on when David gets his car. I was like, oh, we haven't got a lot of time for this, but I guess it makes... But where are they going to... I don't understand. But obviously they've got this technology and they've got Peter Barlow driving around with it because they're going to use it for something really exciting. But no, they, they didn't. But they also did clearly film some scenes out and about in the Salford area, didn't they? Because yeah, there they were did. roads that we recognised. There was quite a few. This is, and also, the, this was also confusing because at some points he was driving in different parts. And we don't really know Manchester very well or Salford. But, like, the background against the volume was like that. Where is... That wasn't where he just was mm. a minute ago. That's a completely different place. <laughs> I didn't mind that bit too much. Wow. Anyway, so this, this, this car ride is quite exciting. And, yes, they did have a bit of action here that maybe the volume wall made it I, 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 I'm trying to justify the music I really really can't anyway he um, he, he t- Sally's ringing Tim and, and Stephen comments on oh that's quite an unusual ringtone you got there and Tim's like no no everybody's got that I, I'm sick of hearing it because obviously he wants to he doesn't want Stephen to put two and two together which he already has it was him that was spying on him at the canal a couple of weeks ago and um, and then he says Tim Stephen's like oh, what were you doing around here at the canal and Tim makes out that it was just because of Brian's dredging thing and uh, I loved the bit I absolutely loved the bit where Stephen starts taking off his tie and he's like oh this is oh so constrictive I just I just want to get this noose off from around my neck and I was like oh he's gonna strangle Tim I did not I did not think that Tim was going to be a goner this week but I was up for any kind of punishment they wanted to throw at him and when Stephen started taking off his tie I was like brilliant and that's the perfect weapon for him isn't it like he's got uh, you know hole punch was the ultimate Stephen Reed murder weapon but as a tie I never even thought of that but of course that's going to be good for him Um, yeah so just to just to sort of say add on to that when um, I'm sure that there will be many opportunities I don't know how many he want to take for, for Todd Boyce to appear on television or in fan events as, as, as Stephen, Stephen Reed. Um, and we always had... Um, Richard Hillman, Brian Capron. Brian Capron turned up with his black gloves. I just want to know, is are they going to give Todd Boyce a hole punch or is he going to go and buy one? <laughs> because I really think he should do. Buy his own prop hole punch. And uh, and menace people. Oh, I want to see him carrying a 
uh, indoor swimming pool around actually because that was my favourite of his murders. Maybe he'll just give everyone maybe LSD. That's just not so practical. What do you think? Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, Stephen starts taking his tie off and he's, it looks like he's going to strangle Tim, but and even more so when he realises that Tim's en route to the police station. I can't remember what he the. Says, We're on the way to the police! Oh yeah, he's at the police station! <laughs> Before he says that, he'd also, I can't remember what the line was, but so Calcutta great. Street gets a shout yeah, out in does. this scene, doesn't it? Which is the road where Pat Phelan and Vinny were building their dodgy flats nice. while they were pretending to build nice But that was a really nice reference to a previous serial killer on Coronation Street. Yeah. It was a total blink and you miss it moment. Well, blink with your ears anyway. Um, so, <laughs> so, so what happens? He strangles Tim, kind of. And he's, he's a bit of a struggle. And one might say, well, this is why they had to do it on the volume wall. They couldn't have had them driving around. It would have been so unsafe. Or, or, would, or having been having them being towed around. And I just, I think they, they could have done it. They could have done it with practical effects. I don't know how these things work, but surely they could have done it. Well, why are you, what's your problem, though? Because it, that it didn't look good or yeah, that yeah, it's a waste? Yeah, yeah, that it didn't look good. Okay. It just, I I, I didn't notice like, it particularly that, in that moment because I was too busy being excited that he was... It was the same... But it was the same with the volume wall last year. Some all, all of the the scenes on the roof to me were like they're not really there. Yeah. I've been told about this volume wall. I'm looking out for it now. It just feels a bit uncanny valley sort. It of was thing. only when Peter was driving that it really got to me. Oh, uh, okay. No, no, these scenes were as well. But anyway, that was fantastic. I love that. Uh, and then when, then Tim kind of yeah, and then Tim swerves and and he flattens his seat back, doesn't no, he, to try and clever. trap Stephen. That was clever. Hit. Gemma praises Tim. Listen, I don't want anyone to think that I I would never I would um, lie about somebody or miss what's the, represent them. Well, it's very useful advice for if you ever find yourself strangled by somebody sitting behind you while you're driving. Yeah, use your. The thing is, we I mean, he's a taxi driver. He probably has thought to himself. I bet you. I can just imagine the the scenes of Steve and Tim. And maybe Eileen all sitting around talking nonsense about how they would defeat a, a would-be attacker in their taxi. Yeah, I bet that's, a, bet that's been a topic of conversation yeah. on, a, on a slow day yeah, on I'd the just, switch. Yeah, I'd karate chop them with them. I'd use the, you know, mm. uh, so... It unfortunately, sense unfortunately, got... it's not something that we could do because we don't have a we don't have a little electronic one, do we? We'd be frantically twiddling the knob down the side of the seat. Hang on a minute. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Stephen gets trapped and he relinquishes Tim, oh, who goes rushing off. Um, and and thank you to the guys at Coropedia who helped us find the location of um, this confrontation between Steve and Tim. It is on our Coria locations map. If you want to go and visit it yourself, it's just a road. Um, but anyway why don't you recreate the scene um, he gets to this bit with a dead end and this was all set up by Coronation Street because there's like some fake walls that have been put in there's a load of buddlier bushes um, like down a, the side of the road but for, for this scene Corey put up some like fake walls and some uh, metal fences with barbed wire on top. Do you know what I mean? Tim's it's exactly it. the sort of alleyway you'd run into if it you're is. being chased by a zombie horde. It is. Uh, Tim can't get over the, the, the wire and then he stops to tie up his shoes. Rookie Why? mistake, Why? Tim. In the synopsis for the episode, it says, I think it said Tim tripped over his shoelaces. But he didn't anyway, so... Um, well, maybe he read the he, synopsis and thought, I'm not, that's not going to happen to me. I'll do my shoelaces up. Yeah, You're not going to catch me that way. Maybe good point. Um, so <laughs> anyway, he bends down to do those. And you could just... It was so obvious for it when it was coming, but it was the great moment when it happened. He, he stands up and then he gets whacked over the head with yes! a pipe by Stephen. Yes! And... Um, 
But he's not dead. He's kind of dying there. See, I think okay. that must have been an advert break. On Monday, when this happened, was when I had to give up the dream. Because I knew Tim's being attacked far too early in the week yeah. for him to be dead. Same as Sarah, when she got knocked over. I was like, no, nothing conclusive has happened. Serial killers, when they kill on Corrie, it's always immediate death. If there's any ambiguity about whether the person's alive or dead, they're not dead. Yeah, that I, I did find that. Uh, yeah, the the fact that... I don't, why, why didn't he just finish him off? He could have done because he still had the pipe. And he, if I was there, rather I than going it. bang, bang, bang and then throwing the pipe over the fence, he just chucked it, didn't he? What what a mistake. Yeah, why does he tie his hands behind his back? He could have just murdered him then. Mm. But yeah, I, I agree with you. The very moment that we saw that Tim wasn't immediately killed, he was safe. He had a free pass to the end of the well, week. Well, he's definitely going to make it to Monday, I think. Oh yeah, he's going to be... He'll be, he'll be fine. He'll just be moaning about having to pee on his own leg. <laughs> like he hasn't done that before. <laughs> um, anyway, so Tim's, Tim's <laughs> having a bit of a... groan on the ground. Um, and Stephen takes his tie off, ties his hands behind his back, and then chucks the pipe away. No. I, yeah, you, don't do it. Is that going to be found? I suppose it doesn't really need to this be is, found, Okay, this it? is my point Tim's about... Tim's like, it was Stephen, and everyone's saying, yeah, we believe you. This is this is the trouble about the the flash forwards, kind of spoiling the story a little bit because you you nobody this is it's always really um, there's no closure when a serial killer dies before trial or or confesses because you don't find any of this stuff out. Mm. You, yeah, you, they just go well. It was him who did this, that, and the other thing. And he's confessed now, so there's no investigation. Mm. Nobody cares. I wonder, and I've not given this any thought at the moment, and I may not have any ideas unless I have a brainwave, would anything else have worked better as a flash-forward that wouldn't have given the... spoiled it a little bit? I, I, you know... The only way they could have done it without spoiling that the characters didn't die would be to have them, other characters, alluding to the uncertain fate of all of the major... If suspects, the, yeah. Keep if suspects, if but. Stephen had killed somebody else, and the flash forwards had been saying, you know, you didn't, you didn't tell anybody, Sarah, and now someone is dead. And I know it was Stephen, but if there'd been someone yeah, else, yeah, that would have been better, wouldn't it? <laughs> and so we went into the week knowing that there was going to be someone another victim, dying. but because there wasn't any other victim, they couldn't have done that. No, they could, they could have done it that way. Yeah, but they could have if there was going to be another victim. They Nobody could've... would have worked either way. No, because I think one thing that was for sure at the beginning of this week, and I, I will still say, I did not know for 100% certain that tonight was going to be his final episode. Yeah. I didn't. It could very well have been that he escaped, That's he went to Thailand, came back for Christmas yeah, or something. Clearly the story was reaching some kind of climax, and I was fairly certain this week was going to be his final week, but I didn't know it. Um... I've forgotten the point that I was making there now, but um, something to do with it. you couldn't have Sarah saying someone, someone. Yeah, dead. I. But may, I may, agree. But I, I think that what, what if they'd had a flash forward to Stephen being dead at the beginning of the week, and the question Boo. being how he got there. Boo. Um, how do you feel? Uh, so we'll, we'll get back to the synopsis in a minute. I think I probably know the answer to this one, but I'll okay. check. How do you feel about the fact that he was killed off no, rather bad. than allowed to escape or bad. rot in jail? Bad. Do you want to elaborate? 
Well, they needed him to die because they wanted to have the Peter... Yeah. And I don't even know if this is actually where it's going. It just feels like that. I know, you've really got a... You're fixed on I've that, I've just decided you? that's what's happening because it just seems really obvious. If it's not how this is going, then I'm going to be super mad because everything points to that. And all of the kind of downsides of this week are because of that that idea that I've had. Mm. So if it's not because of that, it's just because they, they flubbed it. Mm. So... um. I don't agree with killing all the villains off because if you look at someone like Tracy, I don't know what everybody thinks about Tracy. Some people hate her. Some people think it's, she's great. Some people will never forgive her for what she did to Charlie. But they didn't kill her off. She wasn't a super villain, but she t- still killed somebody and she didn't die. Mm. Now, think of all the years of drama that we've had out of her. Even when she was a criminal in prison, there was still that added drama and the court case and everything. You you don't have any of that if you kill off the, the killer. And and then you have to... The other thing about it is that if you want another storyline about a killer or a, or a serial killer or whatever, you've got to build another character into it. You've got to start a new story about a new person who turns from, you know, into an evil villain... Or is is created as an evil villain. And there's always so much pushback about it. At least if you had a, a, a serial killer that didn't die at the end of the story, you can always bring them back whenever you want to kill somebody that's, off. That's the thing. I, Coronation Street's now had, what, four serial killers? It doesn't Richard, really make Pat, sense. John and Stephen. And the fact that all four of them have ended their stories in a body bag... And it starts, just it's, starts to become it starts predictable. To become, yeah, it's, it is, it's, it's predictable. predictable. It, the biggest twist tonight would have been if he had escaped because nobody would have expected that. And if he'd have jetted <laughs> off to Thailand, then he would have always been a potential of, is he going to come back? Yes. And, and now... That's way more exciting. That's more exciting, having the possibility of a surprise return. And even, even if they'd just had him arrested... They, they, there's no, there's never been a serial killer on trial storyline on Coronation Street, has oh, there? Because true. they always just get killed off at the end. And, and that would have fed into the true crime um, obsession that, you know, culture... I mean, we've always been obsessed with true crime mm. in um, America and, uh, I mean, well, all, all English-speaking countries. I don't want to speak for other places, but true crime's always been... Yeah. Something that we're fascinated with and also uses, oh, I don't know why I'm talking about this, yeah, so, technology in new ways to spread the word. So imagine how exciting it would have been to have had all the accoutrements of a true crime story appear in, in the world of Weatherford. You, would you have had, you know, the guy that wrote the book for um, uh, John Stape? cropping up oh, yeah. would you have had a podcast about it would yeah. you you know you could have had the weatherfield um reporter digging up all well, the... they may well still come on the scene next week to try and interview people oh, I who thought you meant there may still involved. be a uh next week a serial killer new no, one yeah not not quite why not yet. um yeah I, I i would i just think that it's a shame that he were killed off and the biggest twist would be if he hadn't been but oh well maybe we'll, well try we know the next well one. my theory is there's a very specific reason oh, yeah, for this for particular sure, case. Sure. But for example, Pat Phelan didn't have to be have been killed, uh, in my opinion. Could have been captured. I like the way that Richard Hillman... See, this is the thing. This Richard is... Hillman has still got, by a huge, country huge mile. country mile, the best exit for a serial killer. Yes, it was... Coronation Street set the bar so high with that. 
Now, I know that everybody rem probably remembers that I was slightly disappointed in how Pat Phelan's exit um, took place. And I also am going to say the same thing about Stephen. Um, is it just because I'm comparing it to, to Richard Hillman? Yeah. Because uh, that, and all, you know, the, my, my major complaint here is that it was an anticlimactic death, but um, there's not very many ways you can kill somebody on Corey without massive stunts that cost a lot of money. And they obviously spent it all on the volume wall. Maybe they did. Why couldn't they have had a volume? Or the, or the helicopter on Emmerdale if it's a pooled budget. Oh, God. Don't <laughs> give them any more money. Right. So, anyway, back to the synopsis. We're still on Monday's episode. We, I, I thought this some, would be quick. Somehow. No, no. Even though there's one story, this is, this is a long one. Um, so, Tim, um, Carla, meanwhile, has gone round to see Jenny. And she's, she's like, oh, I need to talk to you about Stephen. And Jenny's like, no, don't, don't want to hear it. We come back to them later. Stephen, meanwhile, is opening up his car boot and very handy for him. There's a petrol can in there. Tim wakes up. Stephen um, get, well, it puts makes his sense that the a taxi driver. Would I suppose have. it would. Yeah. Stephen puts his hand over his mouth and um, and Tim go and, and starts to strang uh, starts to smother him, doesn't he? And he puts his his hand over his nose. And I I thought that this was could have been a brilliant fake out moment if they were going to kill Tim. Like as soon as he landed there on the floor. And Stephen saw that he wasn't dead. I was like, yeah, he's going to be fine. But then when he actually started to smother him, I did get just a little moment of, oh, maybe this is it. Because he clearly wants to kill this guy at the moment. He's got him, you know, there vulnerable. helpless and vulnerable on the floor. This is going to be Tim's death. But he still fudged that, didn't he? Well, <laughs> you but lose he gets Stephen. distracted. Um, because the birdie song starts. Yeah, the birdie play song starts playing on, on Stephen's phone again. And no, Stephen, on Tim's phone. On Tim's phone again, sorry. And then Stephen gets mad and stamps on it. So he stops killing Tim. He stops Tim killing Tim. Because yeah. of the birdie song. So, again, another reason to, to for everyone to acknowledge that what a pathetic character Tim is. He was saved by the birdie song. <laughs> but then he doesn't carry on killing him. No, he, he just bunches him reason. into the boot, doesn't he? And I, I just want to say something else. We, um, if, you, if you go on Twitter... You probably will have seen um, it being advertised that Joe Dottine is going to Canada. Yes, yeah, so finally do, we can talk about that. To do, um, yeah, we haven't mentioned this on the show because it could have been related to the exit of his character and it maybe still is, but I thought I'd bring it up now because mm. I, I don't think he's going to die next week. I think he's uh, survived. He, he is um, but, but that was one of the things that was making me not sure even though i'm like 80 percent sure they wouldn't have killed tim yeah off. he's he's going he's going to canada to do another joe dottine is going to go to canada fan meet for a fan greet. meet yeah like like so, he did with uh sally carmen everybody go and tell him <laughs> that tim is the... no don't do that he's one he's one like you guys know it's just a joke at this point right yeah even though tim sure. is the worst elaine's talking to sally meanwhile <laughs> about the football um, and the ticket and everything. And Sally's fuming because she realises, well, maybe Tim has gone there. And she's, this is where she's like, if he's chosen football over me, he's a dead man. Um, so they, they, they sow the seeds. And I think it was fairly well done of the reason why Sally wasn't frantic about his whereabouts on the end of Monday. Because she had a perfectly good reason to think that he was somewhere else. But so I've never heard somebody sound like such a overblown nag about her husband 
possibly being murdered, it did seem like she was making an unreasonable complaint about the lack of parking at the local council offices, <laughs> the way that she was talking about about it. She kept bringing it up and I was like, shut up, Sally don't care about him. You know what I mean? Like, why wasn't she more worried? Well, she just wanted somebody else to find him as well. She spent most of, was it Wednesday's episode, sitting in the cafe, cupping a cup of coffee, just going, well, I hope somebody's finding him because I'm just sitting here. I liked it when uh, Roy gave her the, the bit of paper, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, okay, so Carla um, knows... About, what have I written here? Carla Carla tell, Carla's gone to see Jenny. And oh, she yes, that's her, right. Carla's I know Jenny. you're going to Thailand. Yeah, and Jenny says, well, yeah, Stephen wanted to keep it quiet so we could tie up loose ends here. And Carla's like, what a load of rubbish. That's ridiculous, Jenny. Jenny and Jenny starts to that. be convinced by Carla that there's something afoot here and maybe Stephen isn't quite so innocent as she once believed. Carla's got their little knife prize in the oyster open. Yeah. She's getting, seeing there's a little pearl in there. Yeah. Sarah's also trying to convince Michael at the moment of how suspicious Stephen's being. Carla says, look, Jenny, don't tell Stephen. No, hang on. Sarah's telling Michael that she's suspicious that Carla's saying she doesn't mind about Stephen. Last oh, week yeah, she sorry, was going on about LSD. Yeah, this week right. she's going on about, oh, it's fine. Is this going to become part of the evidence that gets used? Is it going to... Mm. Are they going to try and cook up some kind of story whereby Carla and Peter both colluded together to bump Stephen off? Is that going to be the yeah. approach that the police take? Yeah. Because that, that would be a piece of evidence that they like would use. It feels like with all these different characters, it's almost kind of like a whodunit, except it's it's not a whodunit. It's a who who helped it's him do really it, but it wasn't anybody. No, but, but also I like this... Okay, I'm making a story up out of nothing here. I don't know if this is where it's going. But if it is going this way, it is really interesting because we don't really know, and I don't know if we're ever going to find out, does Peter believe what he did was right or not? Mm. I I think we're going to get plenty of opportunity to to find out. Well, if that's what the story's about. Um, So Carla's saying to Stephen, look, Carla's saying to Jenny, sorry, don't tell Stephen that I've come round. Don't tell him that you suspect... I, I don't want you to be in danger here. Do you do you want to risk it? If he if if there if you think there's one grain of truth in what I'm saying, you got to keep this quiet. And Jenny sends her away, but it's starting to look a little bit worried. Um, meanwhile, Sally's on the phone to Abby, who tells her that Kevin's at the game with someone. Sally's like, I can't believe it. He must have gone. Abby with doesn't him after know who it, who it no, is. No, no. Um, so Elaine listens. is very disappointed in uh, in her and says, Look. You, me and me, sorry, Elaine's sorry, very disappointed in Tim and says, Me and you should go out and have a good time, our Sally. Over at the station, Great. Craig tells Swain about the mysterious body that has been reportedly found in the canal, according to an anonymous phone call they got earlier. From um, a man? Uh, yeah. Uh, Craig, and I'm not going to say I was too disappointed in this, didn't have a whole lot to do this week, did he? No. In fact, I don't even know whether he featured on Monday. Was he, for, was on Wednesday and Friday's episode, was he just rela- resting somewhere, fanning himself and clutching his pearls at finding a, a dead body in the, uh, in the roof On box. Wednesday and Friday. On Wednesday and Friday. Yeah. He was just like, oh my gosh, that's a, well, a horrible experience. I need to take a whole week off work because I've, I've seen a PTSD. dead body. Um, I mean, in real life, can I just say, obviously, it would be incredibly horrific and you might get PTSD, but he's a soap cop. Yeah, he should be fine. You see, probably see dead bodies all the time if you're a soap cop. Um, so Stephen arrives in the woods. I'm going to say it was the same woods as... Um, Gary bopped Rick Nealon on the head with a rock, but I suppose one wood does look pretty similar to another. It's the Greg Woods. It is the Greg Woods, yeah. So Tim's in the boot, and um, 
Stephen takes out the petrol canister, starts <laughs> sloshing it about. And then this was another moment where I was like saying, oh, is he actually going to do it? That as many as the, I do have complaints about this week's episode obviously but one thing that they did do really well was repeatedly make me think oh maybe they're gonna do this maybe they're gonna do that I was definitely on my toes and excited throughout a lot of the week and saying I, I can't wait to find out what happens next and oh is it gonna be this and for a moment I thought maybe he is gonna set the car on fire but then a very um, distracting helicopter flies over the top and he goes and hides behind a tree because off- helicopters can't see around trees. No, it's it's off to he- it's off to he- Emmerdale. Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe it was. Maybe it was like, don't worry, we're not here for you. We're going to Emmerdale. <laughs> um, and then this is the last that we get to see of the, the 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 taxi in the woods for a long time. After the break, and Stephen has returned to the street. And we're like, oh, what's happened? Somewhere. This I mean, this was very much like um, Gary killing Rick because I think we saw the struggle, didn't we? And then we cut to Gary arriving mm. back in the flat. We're like, oh, what's he done with him? Mm. So at this moment, we don't know whether or not Stephen, having hidden from the helicopter, has then returned to the car and set it on fire. Again, I assumed not. Uh, by the time Monday's episode ended, I was in no doubt that Tim would be skipping around the street like normal the next day. But... It was it was quite a nice bit of um, intrigue for a while. He sees Sally and Elaine who go, oh, Stephen, it looks like you've got blood on your collar. And he's like, I just cut myself shaving. I'm fine. Leave me alone. <laughs> bugger off. Uh, yeah, bugger off, basically. Bugger off, you pair of old biddies. <laughs> so Nosy old cows. Over at the bistro later, it's Ken's birthday. Happy birthday, Ken. 84. This was, this was a, a strange... This was an odd side story. <laughs> This was a side quest no one asked for. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was cu- It was fairly charming, but I didn't really care. No. I would so- have preferred this to have happened in a different week, but we all know you can't move soap characters' birthdays just for exactly. the convenience of the plot. Exactly. And <laughs> Ken's being given various items of train set um, from everybody, and he's like, what, what on earth is this? Why do I want this? He's got a carriage, he's got a bunch of tracks from Mary, was it? Uh, I mean, we can tie up this story fairly quickly now by saying, so, was it somebody saw him with a train magazine, which was accidentally delivered to number one, and then they thought, oh, Ken must really like trains, let's get him a load of train-related presents. And then Roy offers to buy it off of him. Yeah. And we all but... had a hearty chuckle. It was fine. It was all right. It was fine. It was just really... It was it weird, was be- because this was the only side story the whole week, and it had nothing to do with anything. Yeah, it was peculiar. I don't know whether I really believe that everyone would make the assumption that he's into trains just because he sees him with a train magazine when he's gone the whole life showing no interest in that. Yeah, but after, Michael, I struggled to buy gifts for you. I mean, I did buy 40 for you this year. But um, after 84 years, I guess you get desperate enough to believe anything's possible to try to get you out of Men this are notoriously difficult to buy presents for. And also old men are very famously anything. into trains. Mm. I... <laughs> it, yeah. Oh, we Weird. won't dwell on it because no. <laughs> we've got other things to get um, Roy gets Peter to one side in the bistro and says, look, Sarah says that Carl has been drugged. Um, so Peter says that to Roy and Roy realises that Peter thinks um, that it's Stephen who's the one that's been doing the drugging. Um, so yeah, maybe that maybe this comes into it later when, like we said earlier, um, Roy is possibly going to give evidence against Stephen. Anyway, Peter. Stephen, 
Yes, I can thank you for correcting me when I say the wrong name. It's, I am it's, just going to keep. I it's know not it an infrequent people, occurrence. But I want everyone to know. I do get the wrong name quite a lot. The, the, what we're talking about because it's confusing. So, Stephen's gone to Rita's house. He's had a shower and now he's telling Jenny about this tough business meeting he's had. And she doesn't tell him about Carla coming round, which is kind of making us think, oh yeah, she's definitely starting to believe she's... the possibility that Carla's story might actually be true. Well, she kind of she kind of tells Carla to do one, doesn't she? But it's obviously stuck in it's, her mind. Yeah, playing on her mind, definitely. Um, and she says, look, I, I think we should tell Carla that we're leaving for Thailand. It seems a bit odd that we haven't. You two had a falling out or something. And he's like, I just don't want to make her fret. I'll tell her tomorrow if it makes you feel better. Anyway, um, why don't we go and fly out to Thailand tomorrow night? Let's, let's get out of here. He's obviously, now he's got Tim in a boot and the body has been, now, does he know the body's been found? Yes, he does. He knows that Tim's found Teddy, hasn't he? And obviously Leo's been found, so he, he can't afford to wait till the 23rd of October, which is when his original tickets were. So he then tries to convince Jenny we need to get away right now. He says, I'm fed up of all the grief, and Jenny's like, hang on, this is a big thing. I, I was going to suggest putting it off a month. Sorry. she's She needs more time to decide whether what Carla has said is actually true. Um, so... She's like, I, I can't go now. And he says, okay. I just can't wait for us to start a new life together. And he's, he offers to go and make her a cup of tea and goes and fills the kettle. And at this moment, we're like, oh, is he going to bump off Jenny or something with his cup of tea? And he has a little cry, doesn't he? Because he, he knows he's got to go without her. Yeah, I think this was a bit of humanity for Stephen showing. Because he, he tells her later in the week that he genuinely loves her. Yeah, and, and I believe that. Um... I mean, I, I think he thinks that's true. He's had a really rough time. I did feel sorry for him, and it's not just because I enjoyed the character, <laughs> when he was saying, you know, back in Milan, everybody hated me, I was a loser, I came to Weatherfield and I tried to get, a, you know, rebuild my life here and have people respect me. But really, he's ha- he's has had a really, had a really tough 12 months. Has he re- well, Yeah. He's had a but, bad time in you know, through all of that, he found the lovely Jenny, who he has been kind of pining after for... Well, the best part of a year, hasn't he? And and now he's with her. He has he realizing at this moment that he's got, he's to, got go to go without, without her. her. He so doesn't have any that suspicion. tear. I I did. You know, he doesn't at the moment. But that that tear there, I did appreciate that. Yeah, that he squeezed that one out. So anyway, um, he says to Jenny, "Look, go and have a bath." So she heads off, and he gets on the phone. So to the to the airport because it's very easy to do this on the phone. They'll pick up straight away if you want to do it. Can I change my not. tickets to tomorrow, please? And just one passenger. Unfortunately, Jennifer Connor won't be able to be uh, to go with me or accompany me or something. I can't remember what I said, but I I wrote down something in the notes here that don't make sense. So yeah, at that point I was thinking again: Is he going to bump off Jenny? There are a few times during the week where I thought I think it wouldn't really, would they? But it did make me go, ooh, which is what this week needed. I was I was really, really excited throughout the week. I couldn't wait for each episode to air. There was an awful lot of um, carrots on that were dangled in front of me for this week. And for the most part, they worked very, very well at getting me to want to tune in. Hence why they didn't need to put spoilers on social media. We'll come back to that later. Carrots don't work on me because I can get a carrot out of the fridge. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> final scene of the episode... Cops at the canal, less warm in the place, it's night time. Craig goes over to the roof box because he's now lead of this murder investigation and he looks inside the the, 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 the 
roof box. He almost, he like heaves, doesn't he? He looks like, like, oh, he's, no. he looks like he's going to throw up, walks off. Swain, the, the iron, iron stomached Swain, goes over, looks inside. We got a body. Yeah, she's the cool So ends cop. Monday's episode of Coronation Street. Very good tease from Wednesday. And now we get to pass on to you. Thanks. What happened on Wednesday, Gemma? So we have a flash forward again at the beginning. And we get, yeah, we have a few. Michael's written down what they actually said. I did so this time. Michael says, I had nothing to do with this. And Sarah says, you don't know what you're capable of until, you know, anyone can just lose it. Anyone can. That's that's the that's line. supposed to make you think. Oh, did she kill Stephen? Yeah. I think she's maybe she's talking about Peter here, and maybe she's wondering if Peter killed him on purpose. Mm. Don't know. Or is she talking mm. about Stephen hitting her? Do you think the because we maybe had different opinions on this, but when they caught up to these flash forwards on Friday's episode, I thought, well, this is just happening on the night of the events of Friday's episode and we're not going to come back to this. But do you think that we're going to see more of these interviews next week? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, you want to talk about that now? Well, we can do, as we're on the subject. Well, you, we? yeah, I didn't really... Uh, until you said that, I had imagined that next week we would get these interviews fleshed out. But you, your suggestion that we were just going to only see these very brief glimpses on the Friday night. Very intriguing. I mean, I don't know that we really need to see the entire thing. See, one of the week. things that I don't really enjoy after the big climax of a story like this is that there are often long protracted interview scenes that aren't actually that exciting. So we if they know do everything they're going to say. Exactly. So if they are just bundling them all together at the end of tonight's episode and then we get to... Don't Move on ha- not something. have to see them next week, then I'd probably prefer that. Yeah, I think that would be more powerful. Mm. Um, Carla says, I was just trying to protect Jenny. I ended up doing the opposite, didn't I? Mm. So She's there talking about the fact that she warned she, her. She warned her and, uh, yeah. um, okay, then we find that Jenny's, uh, Rita's found Jenny sleeping on the sofa um, because uh, and she, she heads out and then Jenny is found by Stephen and she tells him that she just fell asleep because she didn't want to disturb him. But obviously she doesn't want to be in the same room as him because she realises that he is a thief, as Carla suggested. I kept forgetting as the week went on what exactly she thought. So when it was revealed on Friday to Jenny that he was a murderer, I'd kind of forgotten that she didn't know that. <laughs> um, well, did, what does Carla tell her? That he's he's poisoned, he's... Um, Drugged her and stolen yeah. money. Yeah. Um, so so she's concerned because Stephen's still going on about going to Thailand. And and he suggests to her, we should start a joint account. So well, if that doesn't set alarm bells yeah. ringing, if you're already suspicious, then I don't Immediately know what she knows that she's correct in, in, in her suspicions. Over at number six, Sally is still livid at him for making her spend the night with Elaine. <laughs> she and Elaine hope he's got drunk and now he's suffering for it I can't believe they brought Elaine back without killing her honestly I can't see the point of her now no um, we were joking last week about her coming back saying hello I hear you're I looking die, for a victim yeah. and literally she wasn't even in mild peril this week was she no. there was no chance of her being killed off I've, I, I, I've coined a phrase this week that I told you about what? It for, for characters in um in soaps or, or television shows that are um, in in danger but clearly are never going to die. What's that? Immortal peril. Oh, immortal peril. Not yeah. immortal peril. <laughs> immortal peril. Because you know that uh, certain people. I mean, not that I ever thought Elaine was uh, in, invincible, but no. apparently she is. Um, we see Roy talking on the phone to Nina, and he says that he was going to go to the canal, but the footpath is closed. 
uh, ooh, what could that be? Gail's telling David and Shona that she, um, that, that, that Kevin and Tommy, oh, I don't know what this means. David gets... Uh, Gail's telling them about Tim being in trouble with Sally because oh. of supposedly spending the evening last night with Kevin and Tommy Orpington. And David says, well, I'll probably do the same, to be honest. And, and Shona, Shona gets again. annoyed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Peter tells Carla that he's still worried about him, her sharing an office with Stephen and that the police aren't even doing anything about it. And Carla says, Look, it's going to be OK. You just need to let this go for now. Meanwhile, we see Stephen, he's packing his stuff. He's got a picture of him and Jenny. Oh. Uh, Jenny comes into the lounge and um, Stephen says, oh, I found a joint account in Thailand we can transfer our savings into now. We need to do it right now because the offer ends today. <laughs> and Jenny's like, oh, uh, oh, I, uh, I don't know. Uh, anyone would think you're trying to steal my money. Ha, ha, ha. And uh, Stephen kind of like, ha, ha, ha. And, and when he leaves, Jenny's like, oh, no. Uh, the, you know, Her heart's broken again. She just can't I catch a break. I loved how big a character Jenny was this Excellent. week. She, she, she was you know, front and centre there, wasn't she? She's not had loads to do with Stephen over the past year because he's just been watching her from afar a long time. But I'm really glad that she was one of the, the leads characters. in this week. And yeah, Samuel and Matthews, as as would be expected. Queen of the Cobbles. Absolute played a blinder in this. That that scene where she was like holding back the tears and like trying to be brave and everything. She did such a good job. So, so good. Her and Todd Boyce really, you know, were the, the king and queen of Corrie this, this week, weren't they? They yeah. were the major characters. Yeah. And that certainly was fine with me because I like both of them. I think they're both really talented and enjoyed watching them. Um, Sally tells Gail that she reckons that Tim's at Kevin's sleeping off a hangover. But then Kevin's like, comes comes down the tunnel like, do, 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 I had a great night. Uh, shame Tim didn't turn up. <laughs> Sally's like, what do you mean? What, what, I thought he went with you to the football. And he's like, no, I, I went, where did you go with in the end? Kirk. Went with Kirk. Mm. Imagine how, how much you'd want to be Stephen's fourth victim if you had to spend the evening with Kurt <laughs> talking absolute crap to Tommy Orpington. Like, you'd be getting like, Tommy, he's not he's not really my friend. I just want you to know. <laughs> Kevin's job on this episode, or maybe it was over the two episodes, I can't remember, is, is walking into shots and then... <laughs> Revealing things because <laughs> there was this, and then there was the other thing. It must have been, it was today, wasn't it? Or was no, it wasn't. It was Wednesday. Saying, "Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that roof box. Do you remember? Do you remember, <laughs> viewers, when when he was heaving the roof box well, onto the we'll onto Audrey's car?" Okay, so she's like, "Oh my, oh my goodness, where is he? He's missing." She runs off, and Stephen overhears a lot of this. Sally and Gail end up in the cafe with Elaine, and Gail's like, "Don't worry." Um, he's probably just a dog lying for, for an excuse to have fun. You remember remember when he was a bigamist? He's, he's got form. Nina says, out of interest, did Stephen like the canal? I mean, did does, uh, does Tim like walking along the canal? This is the weirdest thing because like this is two people in two different conversations going, has Tim got an affinity to canals? Because <laughs> we had... Um, Stephen asking Jenny that, yeah, and now yeah. we've got Hanina asking Sally um, because she's he obviously realised that there's something going on. Because Roy told her that the canal footpath's been cordoned off. They wondered if it was a body. She hears Tim's missing, so she thought she might stir the pot and make Sally fear for her husband's life because that's always really good fun. 
Stephen's having trouble with Underworld computers because he's trying to get into the bank accounts, but it won't let him because his code doesn't work. So he... We find out that Carla's blocked him later, don't we? Well, that would be the smart thing to do. Mm. So so Michael's there and he's like, hey, hey, Michael, uh, um, I, I need to transfer some money because of a deal. Uh, uh, maybe I can use your, your uh I can't your remember account. whether he suggested that or whether Michael just offered. Well, then he says, oh, I'll just check with Carla. Hi, Carla, it's me. Yeah, your <laughs> yeah, favourite, your call, best friend, Stephen. What's that? You think I should get a raise and so should Michael? Yeah, I totally agree. Anyway, Michael wants to know if he can use, uh, can use his code. That's fine. That's a brilliant idea. Okay, great. Glad you agree. Bye-bye. Yeah, she's fine with it. Yeah, Michael is like... <laughs> oh, great. Here you go, that. then. It's one, two, three, four. <laughs> 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 so he then um, has access to the Underworld accounts. Quarter of a million pounds. Cool, cool quarter of a million. transfer it all in one go. Still wouldn't really buy you... Poor security on that system, I'm going to say. I mean, it would just about buy you a, a, a decent house in some bits. Of the country these days. What about but, in Thailand? Oh, we could probably buy you quite a lot in Thailand. Exactly. He's like, I was gonna buy, I was gonna buy somewhere cool in Cheshire, but I guess I'll go to Thailand. Um, so, uh, Sally, Gail, and Elaine go to the canal, and I and Gail looked wistful a few times, and I was wondering if she was remembering power walking with Audrey <laughs> and wishing that she she could suggest it because that would be the perfect thing these three definitely look like the sort who would power walk up and down the canal looking mm. for dead bodies <laughs> I, I thought I enjoyed this particular bit where Gail recognises the roof box she knows things yeah so they turn up at the canal where the cordon is and the police officer there is like oh I'm not telling you nothing and Sally says oh I'm worried about my husband and he's like I can't tell you nothing go to the police station and ask them. And then, like you say, Gail sees the roof box and she's like, I I know someone who had a roof box. When when they turned up, I thought that Sally was going to be the one to find Tim's wallet. But they, they left that little bit they till did. the end of the week, didn't they? I thought it was strange because they didn't know who the wallet belonged to, which made me think that Tim just didn't put anything in it. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of a very Tim thing to do. Like, I guess I better carry... Maybe. I better carry the wallet around or she's going to nag me. I don't like her present. <laughs> but I don't actually want it. <laughs> All right. Carla and Sarah go to a hotel for a meeting with the client. And this was, this made me laugh so much. <laughs> the woman that she's sitting next to, Carla's phone flashes up with a, with a message that says, Underworld account, minus £247,000 by Michael Bailey. Current balance zero. This woman looks at this and somehow thinks it's appropriate to comment and go, I see that you've been frauded by one of your employees. Is it Michael Bailey, the, the brother of James Bailey, the famous footballer? She and must be is... a big James Bailey fan. I don't know how many footballers' brothers the uh, the average person could name or recognise. Yeah, but that to me wasn't the major important, exciting thing to notice on someone's phone during no. a meeting. If I'm doing business with somebody and I look at their phone and they suddenly got zero balance from heart quarter of a million quid, I might suddenly ask questions about that. Not about whether she knows somebody who happens to be related to a guy that doesn't play football anymore. <laughs> but that is just a minor niggle. <laughs> So um, she brings it up. Carla realises that this has happened and she ends the meeting and rushes off. I, I thought that Alison King did really well in that scene. The kind of the, the look of shock and panic. Yeah. I thought that she portrayed particularly Brilliant. well. And also, can I give a shout out? I've always loved her long, flowy, chiffon 
overcoat thing that she, the green one that she was wearing this week. It was very nice. So the Golden Girls turn up at the, at the station, bump into Swain, who cannot tell them anything except to say that they have found a body by the canal. And Swain's like, but is it Tim? Is it Tim? Shut up. No one cares. All week, all you care about is where Tim is. You should put a bloody dog collar on him with a tracking device. I would hope that if I went mysteriously missing one day, you might start nagging people no, and no, asking no, where well. Michael was. Plenty more fish in the sea. <laughs> How do you work more Tinder? fish in the canal. Um, so she says, look, when was the last time you saw your husband? And, and Sally's like, I saw him yesterday. And she said, well, listen, if you saw him yesterday, he is not the body that we found in the canal. Enough said, okay? Is he, did he have a skeleton hand? <laughs> <laughs> is he alive, but with a skeleton hand? No? Fine then. You're, you're in the clear. Carla and Sarah rush back to the factory. They see Michael and he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> But but he Stephen phoned you, Carla, and he said it was fine. And she's like, no, he didn't. You, you feeble-minded idiot. She doesn't say that, but she should have done. He's not an idiot. No, I, I think, know. I, this I would think have many me. people this would is, have been uh, I know, I know. But if Stephen's I was Carla, I still would have been a bit more cross. <laughs> um, Sarah looks sad, and she then admits that she knows that her uncle's always been a bit shady. Well, at least since he t- came back in the show last year. Carla's fuming. Um, out on the street, Audrey hears from Elaine and Sally that, that Tim's gone missing. And Stephen goes over, because Elaine's there, and he's like, oh, I need something from the flat. Uh, something really important. Can I can I get it? And, and they're like, we, we can't. We don't have time for that. Tim's missing. He's like, oh, that sounds terrible. Anyway, not interested. Give me your goddamn key. Um, and then Sa- Audrey gets a phone call from Sarah, who is starting to realise that covering Uncle Stephen is not going to do her any good and she decides to spill the beans to her about the fact that Stephen had stolen money from her yes. equity in her house. Thing. Later on we see Carla and Michael talking to a constable in the factory um, about the f- the fraud and the fact but that the- Stephen took all the money and they're like, did he menace you or, or kind of intimidate you in any way? <laughs> Michael's like, no, he just asked me and I told him. <laughs> oh, no. You I can see so Carla him, just looking daggers at Michael because bye-bye insurance. With honestly, this is like the worst thing. This is the worst thing in the world because they, there are so many people that are so evil and tricky and they know exactly how to do it. It's called social engineering, isn't it? Where they can trick you into doing any all kinds of different things. And everybody thinks that they're too smart for this to happen to them. And the sad thing is that if Michael had said, yeah, he'd intimidated me and threatened me for the number, and now Stephen's dead... Nobody would have nobody known any yeah. I mean, he could still come back and go, I was just being manly. Um, <laughs> but actually, he did... I didn't want everyone to know that he scared me. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that might work. He should probably do that. But he's no, he's a Bailey. He's too... He's um, what's it, too noble to do that. The plats are gathered in the, in the flat... Having heard everything from Sarah... I know it's not the flat. No, I didn't think it was. Sorry, I just put it there to trick you. In the house. In, the in, in At the Platt house. And they're, they're all talking about what Stephen's got up to. And then they all start checking their bank accounts. I bet they haven't got yeah, anything Yeah, it starts to dawn on them that maybe Stephen is not to be trusted. Uh, and then Sarah reveals that Carla was suspicious that Stephen dosed her up on LSD and killed Rufus. 
And then they start panicking because they don't know where Audrey is. And Sarah says, yeah, I told her about the house stuff, but nothing else. So who knows where she's gone or whether Stephen's found her and she's confronted him. God knows what could be happening Were, right were now. you at all um, concerned for Audrey's well-being no. this week? I think... No. Ever so slightly. I mean, it, it, they, they could have killed her off. Um, but yeah, I... But I still enjoyed being teased by it. Like I said, I think the fact that Corey were saying maybe they, maybe he's killed this person, maybe he's killed that person was kind of fun. It's just a shame well, that didn't they didn't stick the landing because he didn't kill anyone, yeah. It would be like watching four weddings and a funeral and like never go to church. <laughs> okay, Stephen finishes packing up his stuff in the Red Bank flat. I don't know why he really needs to go back there for stuff but he he didn't get anything of note did he he didn't seem to was it just he went there because that's where we know the trophy is I don't know well okay so this is another important point that is going to perhaps go into my theory about what happens with Peter yeah because he is confronted with Pete, by Peter um and uh he also gets uh Stephen picks up a trophy I don't know what it's for best Canadian accent um, <laughs> And he puts it down. Like, I won't take that. Won't take that with me. Um, so Peter comes in. He says, "I know what Car- Carla suspects about you. And you're going to suffer for it." This at this point, I wasn't. I wasn't necessarily worried about Audrey, but at this point, I thought, "I think this could be it. I think maybe he's going to bump off Peter." I, did you? Were you worried at all? Because yeah, again, they, they wanted us to think that he was going to, particularly as they had that trophy there. I I was. Yeah, very, definitely very concerned for Peter's safety for a little apparent. while there. So Peter's phone starts ringing. He puts it down. Stephen realises... <laughs> Should have been the birdie song and Stephen's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Tim oh, was right. Everyone does have that over here. Why have I never noticed that before? So they start having an argument. Peter pushes him over the sofa. Stephen cuts his hand on the trophy. Then he grabs it and he looks about. He's a looks like he's about to bash Stephen in the head with it. I was like, oh yeah. Some people. I saw quite a few people asking online, and I think I even asked you like, why was there blood on the trophy? Yeah, he cuts his hand on it yeah. as he falls Very down. Very sharp trophy. I saw that as as he went down. Oh yeah, I missed it. Um, and so Audrey comes in right as he's about to stove his head in, and says, "Are you threatening my son? Get out, Peter." Um, yeah, this is all starting to piece together, isn't it? That Audrey, Audrey is now going to say, like... I literally saw... Okay, so everybody's having... A, I've seen on <coughs> on Twitter people are having a go at Audrey saying, and on Reddit and on our Facebook group, why is Audrey so stupid that she immediately jumps to Peter's killed my innocent son? She's already seen him. He was literally about to stove his head in, wasn't he? No, no. Stephen was going to stove Peter's oh, head okay. in. Oh, okay. Peter seen... was, had pushed Stephen over the sofa well, and he, was she, looming okay, over right. him intimidatingly. He sees, he sees, she sees his, her son with blood all over him and they're having a fight. Yeah. And that he, she asks him directly, are you threatening my son? So she's talking to Peter. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. She sends Peter on his way and then she confronts Stephen. Yeah. So bear that in mind, everybody. She's already seen one scene of violence between these two characters where she thought that Peter was victimising Stephen, not the other way around. So Audrey says, I know about the equity thing. Can you please explain to me what it is? Which is what I would say. <laughs> I don't know what it is really. What did you do? <laughs> Can I do it? Sounds like a good idea. Anyway, uh, Gail and Sarah are telling Jenny about what's happened and she can't believe this. One thing after the other since Johnny died, she says. <laughs> then she gets. What a drama I've been in. Oh, oh god, this place. It, it, I can't remember when 
whenabouts in the year was Horror Nation Street? Because I don't think it was, it was Halloween. It was, I think it was pretty much this week two years ago, wasn't it? You'd have thought that she might have said, you know, is there something cursed about this week? But I suppose when you do that, you start noticing that at the end of May each week also something mega dramatic happens. So maybe it's best that they don't We've spoken realize. before with people that work on the show about this and they're like, yeah, they just you just can't acknowledge it because everyone would never shut up about every single thing that's happened to them. Mm. It, it just, you, you've got to suspend disbelief at a certain point. <laughs> I do wonder how long this annual tradition of something big at the end of May, something big in the middle of October has been going last. It's been going on for a long time. It's been, yeah, especially the Britain's Got Talent. That's been going like over 10 years at this point. Well, you, and, uh, it's also at Christmas and New yeah, Year's. It's, it's, it's always something good to look forward to, but... I'd rather yeah, it gets that they. Yeah, it, I mean, I've it, said it that means before. that certain stories have got to come to a point and you start to. It's make artificial. Pre- yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, Jenny then gets a phone call. She thought that was too much. She gets a phone call from the police who tell them that the body that they found is Teddy's. They join the dots and they realise that he must have been murdered as well. It's just too much. Over at Red Bank, Stephen is trying to defend I himself. Thought that- I thought that Jenny's reaction to Teddy's body being found wasn't quite as big as it might have been. This is my problem with this week, is that it was... I felt like we could have had twice as many episodes to hash out all the Wednesday's episode in particular did feel rushed to me, I'm going to say. Especially the Platts. They were darting back and forth. Where's Audrey? Where's Stephen? Let's go this way. Let's go that way. Let's go and tell Jenny this. Let's crack a few jokes while we're there. And, and it, it, they could have slowed it down, possibly. They could have done with one more episode this week. Mm, mm. Really, honestly. But uh, hey, I don't do the schedules either. So, at Red Bank, Peter and Stephen are still... No, it's Stephen and Audrey. He's trying yeah. to defend himself and said, You know what? You abandoned me as a baby. Maybe you owe me some money. And Audrey says, look, I had no choice. Uh, uh, let's talk. And he he doesn't have time for this. He wants to go back to the factory. I can believe Stephen when he was like this. I mean, I guess, I guess you might have some lingering resentment about being abandoned as a child, but we've seen very little of that so far, have we? We, 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 well, we haven't had enough I'm evidence to prove that Stephen is, yeah, his, harbors, his, resentment. harbors resentment about being abandoned. Um, and, and to think that he thought that Audrey would go, oh yeah, you're right, you know what? Oh yeah, how much I deserve. I deserve to be fleeced. Yeah. Absolutely. Sorry, grand- Stephen. Please have some more of my cash. Does it work out like 10 grand a year or something? <laughs> it kind of makes sense, I suppose. Um, now, I think this is interesting, because I think this do- the fact that they brought this up to remind everybody makes me think this feeds into Audrey's insistence that he is innocent and has a... Uh, had wrong, wrong done to him and her guilt. Yeah. I think that's why she is so quick to defend him because she's harbouring this guilt of the fact, just to remind everybody, that she did give him up for adoption when he was a baby. Mm. And she, they were estranged and like we said earlier in the quiz, she, uh, Gail didn't even know she had a half-brother until she was 30. So there's been many years passed between mm. her seeing him as a baby and when they finally met up yeah. again and she's like oh I had no choice um, he wants to go to the factory but she's standing in his way and, and she says you're going to have to push past me 
And that's, I that's, think, the last time we see of her for a bit. Yeah, yeah, because the rest of the episode, or a lot of the rest of the episode is, where's Audrey? And the audience are led to think, oh, has Stephen bumped her the off? Audience. Uh, the audience. The <laughs> audience. That's Audrey's fans. <laughs> yeah, that is. That's, that's the big Audrey fans, fans the audience. <laughs> <laughs> right, meanwhile... I think get, we're all in the audience, aren't we, to be fair? Proud member of the audience. Meanwhile, Gail asks David about Stephen's roof box. And where Having is it? I've just seen it down the canal. Uh, and David's like, I don't know, I thought it was down the tip. And then this is when you say, he reminded us, Kevin's like, do, 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 what, do you, what are you talking about roof box? I like cars. Yeah, I remember when I picked it up once, it was very heavy. Anyway, Bye. that's me do, done do, for do, the week. Do, 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 do. I'm not in Fridays. Anyway, see you later. I'll, yeah, I'll see you on Monday. I'm having an early day out this week. Bye, bye. I've got a long weekend. I'm going to cartmill. <laughs> right, Carla's fuming in the factory because she's like, Michael's lost all the money. And she said, uh, uh, this is like business as usual at the factory. So she says, right, everyone go home, including you. Peter comes in and finds her crying. And says, what has happened? And she's like, Stephen Reed has happened. See? Angry. Over at the cafe. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> David shares his suspicions that Stephen's a murderer. Steve- David was one of my favourite minor characters all week. And it's so easy like, to, to love him. He is hilarious and funny. Everything, Almost every line was a comedy gold this week. It's almost cheating. I'm going to go against the grain on this one. I'm going to go against the popular opinion. Go on then. And I thought the Platts were a, a, a little bit annoying this week. <gasps> I felt that although they did have some good lines, and I'm not going to say they didn't, my favourite one being Shona saying, what? She gave him L- he, She was given LSD for free. But David also did have some very funny remarks. I just didn't find it appropriate. And it didn't feel to me like the the severity of the situation had really sunk, sunk into in. them. <laughs> and they were they were almost going, Oh, what are we like? Oh, another murder in the fact how can we not see it that? Did, they did it, feel uh, somewhat I, in con- yeah, in Congress and jovial. Yeah, it's like and I know these things do happen all the time around them, but you're not supposed to show it. I I just I'm not it was I'm a not bit sure. Meta. It it was too meta. I'm not I'm not sure that it was completely the right move to I have the plats it... not be completely sober and serious about this. I thought I thought it worked because it's Stephen. And Stephen's always been camp and and a bit. The whole storyline has been, but I I was I really hoping. Point of view. I was really hoping at the beginning of this week that this would be a great opportunity for serious non buffoonish Gale, and we did see glimpses of it. The when she saw the roof box in the canal and she was looking all suspicious, like what's that? I thought, yeah, that's that's a decent performance from Helen Worth there, and Gale is putting two and two together. She's being a bit clever. There were some bits later in the week where she's kind of banding the family together and saying, no, come on, we gotta we gotta be in this together. I enjoyed that, but then you get the scene with her doing a, pulling a silly face at the phone going, oh, whenever I try and log into my bank, it doesn't recognise my stupid face. And she pulls a funny face. She didn't say stupid oh, face. You know, she that's said what, it was That's stressed. what I heard. Yeah, whenever I'm stressed, my bank app doesn't recognise my face. And she pulls this stupid face. All right. It must be something about the brother and sister uh, traits to pull silly faces. Mm. Um, and I was like, no, that just, it just took me out at the moment a little bit. And I, but I will I will happily okay. stand back and say okay everybody else really really enjoyed the plats doing that this week it good. must have been for a good reason right. but I just ugh, okay 
didn't quite work for me. All the plots assemble and they leave the factory and they find Peter. He's marching towards Red, Red Bank, which is where he's left Stephen and they want to, and he wants to have a go. And so they all go with him. So they're all marching along. Meanwhile, Sally's in the cafe with Roy and worrying about him, thinking he's had an accident. And Roy is very, very good with her and he suggests that she makes a list of all the places that he might be and work through them systematically and gives her the paper and there's a funny bit where... Um, oh yeah, he wants to Shona, take down an order, doesn't he? Trainers go, gives him a massive load of information that he doesn't can't remember. Can't remember. He can't write it down because Sally's got the paper. Everyone arrives at the flat. Peter kicks the door down, and it's empty. <gasps> they were expecting to find Gail and um, Audrey and Audrey Peter. and Peter. That no, no Audrey, Audrey and Stephen. Oh. Um, I tell you, we're getting all the names right. But all they find is a trophy with blood on it. Very suspicious. Mm. So that. For He's going to have Peter's what? fingerprints and Stephen's blood. Why is it going to have Peter's fingerprints? Peter didn't touch this statue. Okay. It was down on the floor. Yeah, that's fine. It's going to have Stephen's fingerprints and Stephen's blood. I know, but okay, all right. But they could still say that Peter had gloves on. There's no way to prove that mm. he didn't. They can't prove... There's no evidence that he touched it, but there's also no evidence he didn't. But he did push Stephen over, so... And Audrey knows. Yeah. They all head out. Again, they're just, like you said, marching back and forth, up and down the road, trying to get their steps in. They really did get their steps in Playing on Wednesday's Pikmin episode. Go, those doing plats. a community day, trying to get the flower badge. People don't get that reference. Everyone play Pitman Go. Add me as a friend. I need to get my, my steps in. Um, Stephen is sneakily getting into a taxi. <laughs> this is great. They're all just talking, and um, he's waiting, isn't he, at the at the, uh, um, the, the tram stop. Tram stop. And when he gets in the car, he's like, "You've been left me waiting fifteen minutes." You you made the good point while all this was happening. Like, why isn't Stephen just disappearing? He hangs around that street for a, a strangely long amount of time, doesn't he? Yep. But like, why not just get on a tram? Why risk? being seen getting into a taxi there i don't know where he goes now he goes this is this is him leaving for the airport so he thinks he's got his passport so i don't know why he was yeah why is he waiting at the tram stop for a taxi that was one of the things that didn't make any sense um but i i it was worth it for the scene where there all of the plats are standing outside of the flats going where's where's steven where's steven and he's in the taxi driving past them just kind of going don't look at me don't look at me Duck, he manages to duck. He's a master of disguise and camouflage. After the break, they're looking for Audrey. They go to the salon. She's not there. Well, they can't get the they door can't get open, in. can they? No, nobody replies. Uh, they find they get a message saying the police are coming over and they want to take a statement. And Carla shows up and tells Peter that she thinks he's killed everybody. And Peter's like, "Oh no, I nearly got him." Uh, but he didn't. I didn't. If only I had known all this information. If only I'd been watching the show. Should have listened to that podcast. <laughs> then there's a sound from the salon and Audrey opens the door and she's blaming herself. And this is, again, what I think feeds into her reluctance to believe that Stephen's done anything wrong. Because even though she doesn't even know all of the other stuff he's done, she's still blaming herself at this point. Yeah, for being a bad mum. Yeah. I think maybe they could have... They could have... Um built that up a little bit before it kind of came out of nowhere a little bit of her going from nothing to oh I'm such been such a terrible mum just after one conversation with Stephen yeah Michael when if your son if your if your child tells that you something as jaw-droppingly awful as I blame you for giving me up as a baby you'd have to be told this repeatedly for weeks (laughs) for it to sink in okay 
Right, so so Roy comes over to Jenny and he's got her broccoli and still in quiche. I, I hope that at the viewing party on Friday, uh, today, at the, um, at the studios for the Coronation Street experience, where they got to watch this episode with Todd Boyce, they got to eat broccoli and still in quiche. That was a lovely little scene, wasn't it? Do, do, when do we ever see Jenny and Roy share a scene together like that? She, This was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I love them together and I love Roy just going, yeah, quiche will fix it. <laughs> She's crying. Well, J- Jenny kind of does a little bit of a laughy cry, doesn't she? Yeah, she's As like, in, what, what, what is this weird situation that rubbish? I'm in? Well, she's all, yeah, why would you bring me a quiche? But thanks, Roy. It's, I guess it's the only... I guess it's better than being given a train set on your 84th birthday. <laughs> um, yeah, this was the week of bad presents. <laughs> yeah. Audrey's telling Peter... If you're that... going to bring someone a quiche, don't make it a broccoli and stilton Well, quiche, you wouldn't like that at all. I, I wouldn't like that. That's a risky move. Go for a quiche Lorraine. We've I know got... it's not the most exciting, but... You... It's a classic pretty, for a reason. Yeah, likely that person's going to want it. Well, Michael, I, I hate... Now you've dissed it. We have actually got one in the fridge for tomorrow. What? A quiche Lorraine or a broccoli and stilton one? I wouldn't buy you a broccoli and stilton oh, no, quiche, I'll just check I? it. No, but we're having people around tomorrow. I don't know when bacon. you've got one for that. It's got bacon in it. That's good. Right, so... um, Audrey's telling Peter that if only she'd kept Stephen as a baby, none of this would have happened. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I mean, yeah, honestly, maybe that's true. Again, we didn't... We don't get any flash... We, we don't get anything about fleshing out Stephen's life in the gaps that we've he's not been on the screen which is disappointing and I feel like a missed opportunity yeah. don't know if Gabrielle's been left alive to do that that would be interesting but I'm, I'm guessing not to be honest the plats come over and they, they're all sitting together Peter hurries to his cab so he can drive around with a volume wall in the background and he's telling Carla that he bets Stevens on his way to the airport and he's going to rearrange his face another person that he's told that he wants to, to do violence to Stephen. To Stephen. Swain pulls up and Connor's like, Where are you then? Meanwhile, David is convinced that Stephen's a, a serial killer, but the others don't believe it. And they're all bickering in kind of a, a very light hearted manner. And Audrey's getting upset because I guess she also doesn't think they're taking it very seriously. <laughs> Swain comes in and a uniform uh, copper, and um, they've just heard that Stephen's flight has been changed and he could be on a flight to Bangkok. His, his flight is uh, in 45 minutes. So this is the one that he'd arranged yesterday. Mm. So Stephen turns up at the airport and he's tricked everybody. He's not in Manchester, he's in Liverpool. That was cool. That was a nice little twist. This this moment, the Liverpool scene, had a couple of twists and there was this one and the passport not being in the wallet. That was great. I, yeah, really I, good, yeah. 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 But I, I feel that they maybe could have done more at Liverpool Airport. It was nice to have a location shoot. But I, I, I wanted there to be, you know, Stephen running through the airport, police chasing after him and all that. And all we got was the scene with him at the ticket desk. Yeah, but you can't have that and everything else. Yes, you could. No, you can't. You could. Stephen's saying, uh, well, I want the next flight out of here. Give me a, a ticket and here's my passport. And she's just like, oh, it's not... I need your passport, like your passport case. That's what they sound like. Mm. Um, As usual, the master of accents. Elaine's in the cafe with Sally and she's telling her... At this point, a lot of this is just people telling each other that Stephen's a killer or maybe a killer or has done all these dodgy things. Yeah, well, this is is the moment that Sally starts to suspect that maybe Stephen has killed Tim. She's not, not far away from the truth. Roy leaves Rita and Jenny's um, and we zoom out and we see the back 
of Tim. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> Stephen. No, but some people yeah, online thought it was Tim, and I was <laughs> That's thinking, why I got like, confused. when I at that final scene on Wednesday's episode, that was great because yeah, you see Stephen's shoulder. And I was like, oh, oh, Stephen's back. That makes sense. But then I saw some people online saying, hang on a minute, Tim was also wearing a very similar leathery, no, what, suede sort of jacket um, earlier in the week. Maybe it's Tim. And I thought, oh, yeah, of course, bet it is Tim now. I bet they want us to think it's Stephen. It's actually Tim. Oh, I wish I hadn't read that theory. But then it just turned out it was Stephen anyway on Friday. So I didn't need to worry about about that at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was the end of Wednesday's episode. Um, and going into tonight's episode, I was very, very excited. What Did you have any kind of theories about how you thought that it would play out? I've just eaten a bit of cherry. Sorry. Let me, I will tell you mine then. So before going into Friday's episode, I assumed that there would be some kind of confrontation between Stephen and Jenny in Rita's flat. I didn't really know how it had played out, but... Um, I did see some people online wondering whether Rita was going to come back to the flat while they were in the middle of something and there was going to be a whole fracas and maybe Rita was going to get knocked out or something. And in the end, none of that happened really, did it? Because it all played out by the Rovers. And unfortunately, Coronation Street made the... Uh, it's, I'm really, really quite, m- quite mad that they've done this. I was just this morning browsing around my phone, happened to open Instagram, and right there in the centre of Instagram was a picture of Stephen and Jenny, Stephen with a bottle to Jenny's neck, outside the Rover's return. Massive, massive spoiler. Apparently there were plenty of spoilers. There were like other pictures, videos even, from tonight's episode. Why do that? If this, have faith in your own programme that the two brilliant episodes so far this week are going to be enough to convince people to watch Friday. You don't need to spoil things like this. And of course, there are lots of people who love a spoiler, but you know Coronation Street. This is a huge week. People are doing their best to go into these episodes blind. Big, big fans of Coronation Street wanted to go into this blind. And Corrie had even, up until this point, done a fantastic job of keeping completely quiet about it. The synopsis for today's episode was super short, wasn't it? Compared to the rest of the week's synopses, which actually went into quite a lot of detail about what would happen. The synopsis, that, at least the one that we were sent, was as vague as you like. It didn't tell you anything. In the... In the um, publicity pictures that were all in the press none of them were for today's episodes so up until last night or whenever it was that this picture was put out on in on, on Corrie's social media nobody had any idea from reading or seeing pictures what was going to happen in today's episode so it was going to be a lovely lovely surprise first thing in the morning Here's a picture, not just from the beginning of it to whet your appetite. No, this is from the final act of the show. They show Jenny being held hostage by Stephen. It took you, so, it took you 45 minutes. Yeah, that's my, get... that's my... I, I, I had a problem with them showing that picture anyway because I was, I'd done so well avoiding spoilers and I was like, oh, why did I have to see this? But the fact that I then watched today's episode with that constantly in the back of my mind... Yeah. They are building up to a thing in the in the rovers. Everything that was going on with Jenny, I was like, well, I know what's going to happen here. I know that she's going to meet Stephen in the pub, or, you know, I assumed. I know that she's going to be in mortal danger. And it really, really affected how I watched the episode because although I was still guessing about some things that would happen, I felt that I knew I knew the, where it was heading. And, like, yeah, the only the thing trouble. we didn't know was that Stephen would then be hit by a car 
two minutes later. This is the trouble with the spoilers like that because you because it it just taints your entire perspective, like viewing. You're just going, how are you? How are we getting from? here to there and when is it going to happen and as the time ticks you're thinking you haven't got enough time like i know i know where this is going and the longer it takes to get to it the less time after the spoiler i have to enjoy a spoiler free experience yeah exactly and and we were left with what five ten minutes if you're being generous um and i know some people like seeing a picture and then thinking, oh, I wonder how the characters are going to get into that situation. But really, it didn't take a whole lot of thinking about, did it? it he was he was going to, he was either going to find Jenny in her flat and then drag her out to the Rovers, or Jenny was going to go to the Rovers and Stephen was there. So when they started getting to the Rovers and Jenny thought she heard a noise inside, it's like, well, we, we know what's going to happen here then. And yes, there was the odd twist here and there, but honestly, I'm so, so disappointed that I saw that spoiler I really wish that they hadn't put it there. I would have probably enjoyed tonight's episode a lot more if it's, I hadn't gone into it knowing that. It's really unfair that you can't use social media um, in the build-up of an event like this because mm. there are loads of people and and not get a spoiler because lots of people will be listening and saying, well, it's your own fault. You shouldn't have gone on social media. But as a fan, you should be able to go online and say, I'm excited about this is this this event, this episode, yeah, without, without risking, worrying, yeah. well, I'm going to see something I don't want to see. Mm, mm. I, I don't know how... Okay, well, this is a really weird thing to say, but, like, for example, when, in my job, we have features and you get pull quotes, and the pull quotes, you take them out and you put them in the middle of the, you know, of the feature and you make them bold so that people can go, oh, that's interesting, I actually want to read this feature. Um, you don't put something like from the end of the feature that's going to spoil some kind of conclusion. No. And you also make sure that there's stuff in the feature that you can pull out. So if I'm reading a feature and I'm like thinking there's no pull quote here, that means it's not a good feature. Okay. So when they're creating these episodes, perhaps they need to read. And I've said this before about the publicity. I don't think they work together in a way that benefits the the people that don't want to get spoilers because there should be something at the beginning of the episode that they could have used as a picture and I don't think there really was to to drum up anticipation about how about getting people in to watch mm. and I don't think you know this was like you can't the- make the whole show revolve around um I need a picture for for not to not spoil it but equally you've kind of blown that episode by spoiling it with a picture. So you do need to have some kind of strategy for enticing people without ruining the plot. I mean, what they could have done for today's episode is shown that scene of Stephen running down the ginnel or, you know, a picture of him still on the street because it it wasn't 100% confirmed that he would go back to the street. But the fact that we saw his jacket at the end of Wednesday and we thought, well, that's probably him, meant that they could have shown a picture of him running down the ginnel and that would have been enough to tease you. Yeah. Cor- the I'm audience say... was already hooked in Coronation Another Street. You thing. didn't need to try that. Sometimes they do, they do, will make a trailer that is completely um, from... From the episodes. From the episodes. And sometimes they'll properly make a trailer that is an artistic representation like they did with the Imran Crash stuff. They didn't do that with this week that I know No, no, they didn't have any big... Well, they had a bit of a flashy light trailer, didn't they? Yeah, but that was taken from the show. Yeah. 
But they also, I don't think, had a good picture. And they only had one. For today? For the well, whole that... week. They had that picture, which was the... Oh, no, they usually only have one. The yes, one... but they should have more. That's my point. They they went to all the trouble of making this composite picture of everybody. Obviously, d- different days, weeks, months, years. <laughs> Very clearly photoshopped know. characters. I don't even assembly. know if they told... Um, Bless her heart. Or Sue Nichols. Sue Nichols, what she was doing. I think they just snapped her walking into work. <laughs> right? She didn't look bothered. Everyone just looks slightly cross or anxious. I don't mind the picture. I, did, I hated you, you it. You don't I like this week's cheap picture, as hell. It was not good. They, they, could have, they could have had some people in the same room at the same time. I mean, for goodness sake, anyway. But, but you're going to go to the trouble to make one photo. Why not make more than one and use that for, to, to make people come in for Friday's episode instead of you just using a picture going, oh, this will happen at the end. Why don't you just show us a picture of bloody Tim in the middle of the woods if we're going to do that? This is like the Why don't equivalent... you just fast forward to the end of Coronation Street where, where Ken's dead? Yeah. going to do that. This is like the equivalent, and I'm sorry, there is going to be a Game of Thrones spoiler here, but it's been, nearly, it's been finished long enough. This is like, you know, the Battle of Winterville episode. Epic episode in the end of the uh, well towards the end of the final season that you know not everybody enjoyed it but everyone was waiting for this confrontation between Arya and the Night Night King King. this would have been like the publicity shot for the (laughs) episode being that scene where he's got her grab round the neck just you know seconds before she does the whole knife switcheroo Like, no, I don't want to know the climax of this epic battle that Arya's being held aloft by her mortal enemy, the Night King. That's completely spoiled it for me because yeah, I'll spend the whole, spend episode, the whole episode, episode wondering how, how gonna... are they going to get to there rather yeah. than just going, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next. Oh, man, these spoilers. That really, really wound me up. You can promote this without spoiling it. Yeah, and and I, I totally, totally get that the idea of the publicity department is to get as many people yeah. in watching it as possible. And you'll never know. Get that ad revenue. You'll never know whether <sighs> it would have worked with something different. That they're completely right if they're going to say, this is gonna this is the strategy that will get us the most views and the most money. We're going to do this. They're right. I know, I know they're right. I just, it feels just, like... But we can us, say we don't like spoiler-adverse fans are kind of... Not getting considered. And at the end of the day, we need them to make money so they can make the show. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Fair enough. Oh, I just wish I hadn't found out. One thing I want to say about the fact that um, we had Tim from Monday in a boot. Hilarious, of course. Goes without saying. But it did mean pretty much most of the week, most of the rest of the week, really Stephen's only real issue was how quickly he could get out of Weatherfield. Yeah. And he didn't really seem that fussed about getting away that quickly, did he? He loitered around for ages. He was saying he was, but really he did do an awful lot of loitering. what I'm trying to say, like there was no antagonist for him. There was no kind of like, oh no, is Stephen going to get caught out by, you know, Mm. by this, but it should have been Tim. Tim should have been there. Tim should have been running around going, hey, have you seen Steve? You know, instead we got a gang of people. Tim's been suspicious of, of Stephen. Tim's been Stephen's mortal enemy for quite a long time now, whereas Peter kind of feels like he's a little bit of a... Well, he's a not Johnny come lately. for a while. It's not... It's, it's because not? of Carla. It, it, he's been moaning about Stephen for a while. Like but he, it feels like Tim's had didn't... a bee in his bonnet about Stephen two, for a lot longer than Peter. But the two people who really felt like Stephen's enemy weren't there for the majority of the time. Mm. 
we had that nice confrontation on Monday between him and um, Tim. Then, then at the very end, <laughs> Peter turns up and bonks him with his car. Sorry, mate. Yeah, but Peter, Peter but did he, have the scene on Wednesday in the Red Bank flat. I guess he? so, but it doesn't. It didn't ever feel like. Yeah, but he didn't know what he was confronting him. He was confronting him over a completely different thing. Mm. Then later on, when he found out the extra stuff that he he did, then he wanted to go and get him again. Tell you what, but, but do you see what I mean? At no point was was Stephen really. It was his own lack of planning that that did him in which doesn't feel like a satisfying ending for a villain no it doesn't it was just something came out of nowhere tell you what tim's gonna be so mad at peter that he didn't get to kill him off himself and it's also if you could use in a taxi why not mine (laughs) yeah i was locked in mine that's that's a bummer that is (laughs) yeah there was there was steve even in in it this week going hang on a minute where's my taxi don't they have like trackers on them yeah, Steve, you mean, not Stephen. Steve, sorry, Steve, yeah. Uh, are you going to do Fridays? Oh, yes, it's my turn, isn't it? Sorry, everybody. So um, we, we start the flashbacks, flash forward, sorry, don't we? Peter saying, oh, I knew he spiked my wife with LSD. See? Michael Motive. saying, yeah, exactly. Michael saying, oh, he tricked me. I can't believe that I was so foolish to have fallen for his, for his plot. He tricked me by saying that Carla said it was fine. Yeah, and Sarah saying, he's my uncle. Um, and then he goes and does this. And at this point, I was still thinking, oh, has Sarah Louise bumped Stephen off? Because you had that theory after watching Wednesday's episode. And I went into today's episode thinking, oh, that'd be really exciting if if Sarah isn't bumped off by Stephen. But what if it's the other way around? I hadn't considered that. That could be quite cool. Can I can I uh, say, in the future, when AI is properly, properly, re- like it's already very much almost there. It, but in the future... We could use this technology to trick, have a trick um, flash forward that actually is the person's really dead and their sad, beloved spouse is is made Made an AI AI version of them talking about the thing that's happened to them. Just just an idea, (laughs) just put that in the drawer. Anyway, so we weren't sure after Wednesday's episode whether that was Stephen or Tim who was loitering in the street. I'd assumed it was Stephen, then read it was Tim. But no, tis Stephen indeed, and he's loitering around the cabin as Rita Rita lets herself in at home to take herself away from the action. She's like, I'm going to be in an episode of a show about my life at 9 o'clock. Oh, by the way. Is that because I'm going to die? Who knows? (laughs) By the way, the the scene at the airport where Tim, uh, sorry, Stephen, (laughs) overhears police officers going, over there! I thought it would have been more effective if they'd have said, like, Sarge over there or something. Because as far because Stephen kind of was a bit jumpy because he's like, oh, there's police saying over there. But he didn't know that they were police because he had his back to them. Anyway, police pull up outside number eight. And while they're distracted talking to Michael, Stephen runs across the road down the ginnel. Back to... you enjoying your Sorry, drink? Sorry, I've now? just finished my drink. Your very noisy ice cubes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now you've knocked over Pat, Pat Phoenix. Phoenix has fallen over. <laughs> okay, so Rita's having a nice couple with Jenny. Jenny reveals that she took Stephen's passport to stop him escaping. Nice one. So I hadn't caught this line at all when I watched it, but I saw somebody else had pointed out that Jenny had said on Wednesday, I don't think he's going to get very far. Yeah, so, good one. Bit of a bold move, but of course Jenny at this point doesn't know that Stephen's a murderer. So although she thinks, well, he's gonna, he's probably going to be really mad at me, although Rita yeah, has to point think... out, well, he's probably going to come back and get you, you silly, silly mare. Um, Jenny doesn't think that she's at any risk of being bonked on the Why head with you? a wine bottle at this point. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, 
Platts going on there. Platts, meanwhile, are assembling You've written the Platts Assemble quite a few times. That's what they were doing. They were all getting together and they are combining their powers this week. Um, They don't know what to do with themselves. Not have a drink, Gail says, because we all need to keep our heads. Um, So they all agree to stay there tonight. They're going to barricade themselves into number eight and all lock down and stay together. And Nick says, look, there's no point. Stephen's obviously made his getaway. Nick was fairly superfluous this week, wasn't he? He was there because the The whole of the Platts were there and it kind of felt like he needed to be, but he didn't have a whole lot to say. No. Really. He he did bring up Richard Hillman. Oh yeah, he did, doesn't he? Very briefly. Richard did get a name drop. Thank you, Nick. You would have thought it would have been more of a topic of conversation but perhaps in the scenes that we didn't get to see um and i hope that they make a thing of that more next week i hope that gail is going to be like i can't believe i've fallen for this <laughs> twice honestly um, what am i like but i also love the way that gail's like oh god we've got to do the catering how are we going to feed everyone and and meanwhile david's like the toilet situation the bathroom i can't we have to make a rotor i don't know what's gonna yeah again i i found it funny but I just don't know whether this week was the week for No, that. I thought, well, okay. Anyway, um, so that, that Peter, meanwhile, is having another drive past the volume wall, talking to Carla on his hands-free. He reckons that Stephen's still around here somewhere. Didn't, is it, I, I kind of missed it. Did one of his taxi mates, uh, maybe it was his taxi point, mate and the girl. At some he gets told that he that was Ste- dropped off at Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. Um, or he's something, or something dropped back like home. He he knows that he's matter. not got on this plane. Yeah, he somehow he's he knows. found that, and he's he's going to go on the hunt for him. And he's really mad because he didn't stop Stephen over in Red Bank while he had the chance. Yeah. So Sally and Elaine, meanwhile, are turning up at no the police station with new information about Stephen Reed. They reckon that he had something to do with Tim's disappearance. Where's Tim and gone? And Swain then? says, "Well, oh, come through, come and talk to me." No, go away. Um, I can't remember what they say. And then Swain goes right on this bit of paper, and then they write it down and she picks it up screws it up and throws it in the bin (laughs) Shona David and Sarah's wondering where Stephen's got to Sarah's like well I read maybe you got an earlier flight somewhere and they're all a little bit worried about Audrey and David is still convinced at this point that Stephen's a killer Sally and Elaine are in with Swain all to saying um, uh, this is you know Stephen has been a bit of a wrong on all year he was he was Engaged to me at one point, says Elaine, and then he you tried to do Made a plate to, to me a... in a microwave. Yeah, honestly, if that's not... A... So it's like, hang on a minute, nobody told me this. If we'd have known that he made a face in you in the microwave, we'd have arrested him months ago. You know you could have saved Rufus's life. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically they're, they're trying to tell Swain about all the other dodgy things that Stephen's been And they're suspicious to. that he's killed. And that, Yeah, and then Steve, Swain shows them a picture of Steve, Tim's wallet that's been picked up by the canal and Sally's like, that was the little MacGuffin from last week's episodes. I recognise that. And by the way, that's just reminded me for some reason that there was some blood on Tim's uh, Stephen's collar last night. Uh-oh, what if it's Tim's blood? Oh. Oh, no. Peter gets home, disappointed that he's wasted his time. He's been driving around Manchester trying to find um, uh, Stephen, but to no avail. And at this point, I was even more saying, what was the point of that volume wall scene? Why did Stephen, uh, why did Peter have to be driving down that nothing has happened in the car but anyway Carla's on a laptop realising how much in the doo-doo the underworld really is at the moment thanks to Stephen's little um, withdrawal on Wednesday and uh, Peter says um, oh no this is this is when Peter gets his lead from his taxi mate friend I think before he was just coming home this, this is where he finds it out so he goes off hunting again Jenny and Rita have decided they're fed up of sitting around in Rita's flat and even though there's a 
<laughs> potentially deadly criminal. criminal on the loose, even though they don't know he's a murderer. They thought, let's go and have a wander. Rita's basically <laughs> just said to her in the last scene, if I was Stephen, I'd be coming to find you and tracking you down at the moment. So they just make it a lot easier by walking out in plain sight. <laughs> and they get to they get past the rovers. They're going to go to the cafe for a bit. So I don't know why they're on that side of the road, but never mind. As maybe they, they want to do a big it, loop round. Maybe they're Maybe they're worried they're, they might be able to take the corners a bit too tight. Maybe they're jealous of the steps that the Platt's got in on Wednesday yeah. and they're trying to make up for it. And maybe they're in a... Friday. Maybe Coronation Bleat also has... Which is the oh, great yeah. chat, Coronation Bleat. I, see, it's not as catchy as Platt chat, is no. it, Coronation Bleat? I bet all the Platts secretly think it's great that they've got a better group chat name. Yeah. That could be a podcast name, couldn't it, Coronation That's what I was Bleat. thinking. Yeah, we need to... It does make it that. sound like it's a podcast for sheep, though, doesn't it? It makes it sound like... Yeah, podcast for goats. Ranting. Um, which sounds like our podcast. No. Um, what? Yeah, maybe they all post their, their step amounts on Coronation Bleat and Jenny and Rhea like them count this. <laughs> anyway, um, so Jenny decides, again, bit of, a, bit of a strange move that after hearing this noise... No, what? we haven't heard the noise yet. I did say they heard well, a, noise. a noise. I'm sure Sorry. I said that. Jenny says, let's go round the back. And Rita's like, say, what are you doing? This Rovers has got nothing to do with you anymore. Why would you do this? Literally, I was shouting at the TV. Well, I wasn't, but in my head I was. Jenny, you know that there is someone dodgy on the street. Don't go into dark No, pubs. I didn't think that was weird. She's still got an effect. This used to be her home. And no, she knows nobody's in there. But she should be on edge for about anything. Well, she is on edge, but she's going to investigate. So she goes bad down the moves, back. Bad moves. Um, meanwhile, Peter's... Making at- bad choices is not... An incorrect. No, I know that's soap, soaps are all made well, up of people all making of bad fiction, choices, aren't they? If if characters in fiction only ever made the correct, sensible decisions in every situation, most stories would be very short and boring. Very true. Okay, so they go around the back. They find that the back door has been broken in. Oh no! Rita's like, "This could be Stephen. What the hell are you doing, Jenny?" Because Jenny's just going, "La la la." I'm going to go inside and have an investigate. Honestly, what a stupid thing to do. <laughs> After a little while, she comes back out and starts phoning the police, going, "Yeah, you're right. Maybe I should well, get them thinks, involved." Well, she says something's been. People have been in there. Yeah, and an outburst. Dylan and Mason making a little cameo over the week because they've been up to all sorts in the back of the Rovers today. And, um, they've been drinking sherry by the looks of it. Oh, is that what it was? Well, it, well, that's the only thing that's, that's left. What, that looks like the sort of drink that Mason would, would have, I reckon. Anyway, um, Jenny, after seeing them come out, is like, well, what have they been up to? So she goes back into the pub again. Don't worry, reader, I'll be okay. You go off to the cafe. Well, she's also I'm going to investigate this dark pub all by myself with a with a vicious criminal well, on the she, loose. She's probably just thinking, oh, I wish I could just... Yeah, just spend another moment here in this place that I'm not... <laughs> Allowed in. Oh, maybe. All the happy memories. Maybe she's like, maybe I'll hear a nice echoey voice of somebody. <laughs> maybe I'll hear Johnny again. Then we have we have a couple of scenes of nothing, really. That I felt that Friday's episode was a little bit slow-paced, considering how fast everything was moving on Wednesday. It took a little longer than I'd wanted it to problem. to build up to the climax on Friday. And then it's just like, and he's hit by a car at the end. Yeah. So... Adam's turned up. He's like, oh, I hear there's a big week on. Why didn't Lordy tell me? I've only got here on Friday, but look at my lovely haircut. And she says, because Sarah Louise has done a bit of a disappearing act at this point, hasn't she? No one knows where she's gone. No. Um, And, oh, is she in danger? And I was thinking, and, and again, nice that they got the audience to maybe feel a little bit worried about Sarah's safety at this point. So back to Jenny, and she's having a little... A bit of look around the bar. She can't turn the lights on because the electricity's been cut. 
Everything's been covered in sheets. And this has been, has it been two weeks, three weeks? I think it's just been two since they were booted out the Rovers. I thought the idea was that they were going to get cracking with the renovation work straight away. Nice. This is just asking for the Rovers to go back to normal once yep. their story's done That's and have exactly absolutely no changes happen. to it. Anyway, yeah. she she's there and uh, she pours herself a drink, raises a glass to Johnny. Nice touch, like it. And then, and then there's a bit of a jump scare, isn't there? Because yeah. we're obviously we're all expecting Stephen to to leap out at her at this point. Clearly, he's going to be in there. But um, yeah, Sarah jump walks into into the bar and Jenny goes, gets a fright. Only in my joking, life. Jenny. And I was like, what was Sarah doing there? Um, Her reasons for being there are, are very flaky. She said she saw the doors open and she came to investigate. Why was she in the ginnel? No, That's no, 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 like... she doesn't. She, she, I, maybe I wrote that because I misheard. She, the reason that she says that she was there, which we find out a little bit later, yeah. was I saw you closing the wind, the curtains up on the top floor, Jenny. And Why so would I just. Why you go in to talk to her though? I don't really know. I, I agree, it was very, very flaky. It was. It, it was. Sense, it really. was a. It was quite contrived to get her in there with Jenny. Um, I'm just going to say, you asked me earlier, and I was eating a cherry. What did I think was going to happen in this episode? Oh, I did, didn't I? And I didn't answer you. I'm just going to say it now. Um, I also saw this picture um, of Jenny with a, with the bottle to her throat outside with with Stephen. Before then, I didn't really have any idea how this was going to end. But once I saw that picture, I formulated my my idea was that um, I didn't... I, Stephen would come back to the street to look for his passport. He'd confront Jenny. She'd admit that she had taken it. Um, he holds her neck, the thing to her neck. Uh, um, it kind of... I can't remember whether it's obvious from the picture or not that he... Well, I mean, it's obvious from the picture. He's holding a hostage, so there must be an audience of people watching. Otherwise, mm. why would you be doing that? Who are you performing to? So then I, my imagination was that he then took her into the Rovers and it was just the two of them. Then there's some kind of fight and she kills Stephen or Stephen gets killed by somebody. And that's why the Waterfords company relinquishes their hold on the pub and gives it back to Jenny. Why? Because there's been a murder. Because there's been a murder and it's suddenly nobody wants, like, they're like, this is now devalued. Nobody's going to want to drink in this pub. We It's a liability. We're well, not... Wait, and people, there's been an awful lot of... Um naughtiness gone on that pub over the years I know there but, had definitely been the odd death but, like, but what? Ma- Martha Longhurst died in this place well, I'm it. not stepping the foot over that threshold but until it's been fumigated at every moment especially when it involves the Rovers or the mention of the Rovers my brain is ticking going how do we get back to Jenny and the Rovers because the Waterfords are not going to keep this pub they're not going to develop it this is what I think they're not going to change anything because of the reasons we stated before, including the very boring reason that Coronation Street of the Experience has just made a replica that cost them a load of money so you can have your photos taken in the Rovers. And I don't imagine that it would make any business sense for them to have been allowed to have done that if they knew that they were gonna change the interior of the pub. But then again, Coronation Street has done weirder things. Mm. So that was my prediction. Yeah, I I thought that from that photo that I saw that maybe somebody was going to burst out of the pub from behind Stephen and then like bop him on the head. Mm. Like Sarah, I was I was quite convinced Sarah was going to do it for going into the episode. But I was wrong. Anyway, they they had a nice little bit of building of tension when they had the scene at number 11 when Sean tears a strip off of Dylan for having to sneak around in the Rovers and like what are you doing in there? Well, you broke into this place so you could get up to naughtiness with that Mason guy. 
And Dylan's like, but wait, we didn't break in. It was already broken into when we got there. You predicted he would it say was, that. I, I did. I said he was going to say that. And obviously by this point, we didn't need any more clues to that Stephen was going to be there. We all knew that, of course, Stephen was going to be there. But that, that little bit at the end of the scene was, was quite fun. I like the way they built that in. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I thought the Sean was great again today. Just putting out. Like... When Sean appeared, I was be- I was like, I bet there are so many people who are proper mad that Sean has just appeared <laughs> for no reason. So um, Sarah and Jenny decide just to hang around in the bar chatting. Well, they as have if sherry. They're... they're having sherry. Yeah, as if there isn't a dangerous criminal on the loose. Whoa. And um, Sarah casually reveals that, oh yeah, we reckon Stephen's probably a murderer as well. Just dropping that out there, Jenny. And Jenny's like, bloody hell. And she has a major panic attack, doesn't she? And then she starts over the course of the next few minutes to piece together everything that's gone happened? on. Um, and, and then Sarah says, well, anyway, the reason that I came in is I saw you closing the curtains upstairs. And Jenny's like, I've not been upstairs. And then oh, no. Finally, they're like, I Let's think we could be in danger here. I feel really bad. You, you put a tweet out about this, didn't you? Saying if I was Jenny, I'd be a bit offended if Sarah had thought that Stephen Reed was me. There's no resemblance whatsoever to hulking, great, big, short-haired, masculine Stephen Reed and lovely, dainty, little, long-haired Jenny Connor. No, she must have. That must have been a real kind of out of the corner of my but, eye but thing. Here's my question: Why did Sarah think it was Jenny? I don't know. Because there's no reason Jenny would be there closing the curtains. And there's also no reason that Sarah would go, well, I know what I'll do. I'll go in and talk to her. No, it would really if I was, was Sarah, I would go, oh, it looks like there's somebody's in the Rovers and they must be starting the renovation work. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't immediately think, oh, Jenny must have snuck in to drink some sherry. I bet I can think I'll join stuff. her because, you know, everything's going wrong with my family at the moment. I don't want to hang out with There's her. a dangerous killer on the loose, but why not just take a take a break and go She's to like, the Rovers? She's like, chat's buzzing, so's Coronation Bleat. I just want to get away from everybody. I'm going to hide in the pub. Yeah. Anyway, um, they realise at this point we could be in mortal peril. I think there might be somebody upstairs. Back they go to the back of the bar, through to the um, bit towards the front door, and donk, Stephen jumps out of nowhere, (laughs) clocks Sarah around the back of the head with something that sounded very, very heavy and, and probably quite painful, and she's out cold on the floor. And I was just, I think I probably was screaming literally at the TV at this point. Yeah, kill her, kill her, finish her off. And I I, I, I said, I don't want Sarah to die. But I just wanted, at this point, we were, what, 15, 20 minutes maybe away from the end of the episode. And as the, as this today's episode got to, you know, the halfway point, because Stephen was barely in it. Was he? He he yep. had that scene at the That's, beginning where we were yep. shuffling down the ginnel and then there was a good a half an hour or so where we didn't even see him. I will say this about... I mean, the the comparisons are inescapable between this and, and Pat Phelan's final week. I will say that Stephen Will was at least in this week a lot more than Pat was Oh, in yeah. Week. This was a better ending week for a serial killer than Pat ever got because he was he just showed up at the last minute for his grand finale and it, and there were other stories going on we at the were same really time. We were really disappointed in that. As yeah. Well, so even the though the actual ending was better. Even than though Stephen's I was ending. under underwhelmed by Stephen's ending, I really did appreciate that they dedicated the whole yes. week to this story job, and we Corey. didn't have Stu popping up going, "Oh, Eliza, that's no, come around again." Run her over as well. Yeah. So um, yeah. So anyway. That was good. Yeah. Um, She's on the floor. Sarah's on the floor. Sarah's on the floor at this point. She's been knocked out cold. And again, I'm like, if 
if it's not confirmed that she's dead in the next she's few not seconds, dead immediately. She, she's she she ain't fine. dead. She ain't dead. Um, and Steve, Jenny's like, oh, what have you done? And Stephen, obviously, this is his niece. He <laughs> might be a badun, but he never wanted to kill anyone in his family, and he's like desperately worried about what he's done. I mean, honestly, what is that? What? Not just what have I done, that's my niece, but what's my mum going to say? What's Gail going to yeah. say? His... Then he starts shouting at Jenny, this is your fault, you made me come here. I would If you hadn't stolen my passport, I'd never be here. But but here's my question, and I don't think it was ever really clear. Why did he bonk her on the head? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> there was literally no reason. It he... depends whether he knew who was there, but he must have done, he, was he must have at Jenny. them. He was shouting at Jenny that she's made him her, her niece. I mean, the only thing I can think of was that he wanted Jenny to give him the passport, so he needed to bonk Sarah on the head to get out of the way so he could ask Jenny where the passport was. But mm. he didn't say that, and it would have made more sense for him to just have stayed hidden and then run off to Jenny's flat and then bonked Rita on the head. <laughs> but do you see what I mean? It just, why yeah. did he hit Sarah? It doesn't. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't There was know. no reason Desperate for him times. to have done it. He just jumped. He jumped out of nowhere. They didn't. They they suspected they weren't alone, but they didn't know he was there. They were just being paranoid, really. So over at the Platts in number eight, they see a message from Sarah's phone sent by Stephen saying that she's at the precinct with Jenny. Possibly a bit of a filler scene. I don't know whether... Yes, it was. they were worried where Sarah was, but I don't think they really needed he that. He should have been like, we're getting ice cream. And then the Platts would be like, what? <laughs> ask him if... I, can you ask them if they can bring me a milkshake? <laughs> I'm sweet enough, please. Anyway, um, obviously it is Stephen who's done this this message and now he's demanding his passport from Jenny and she's like, I didn't take it. She's absolutely terrified. Again, brilliant brilliant performance here. You could see the fear in her eyes. Yeah, she's he doesn't believe her. And as, as the as the episode hurtles towards its conclusion at this point Stephen is just getting more and more like, angry I've only, got, desperate. I've only got a quarter of an hour left he's to like live. you do not want to mess with me today he's, he's like so scary. he's spitting out all his oh, words yeah. here it's hilarious it's not and hilarious it was I thought, I thought you were scary <laughs> and Sarah starts to stir and Jenny's like oh Sarah Sarah you well, okay? I thought I was they like, were well, going to do she's that definitely fine then that classic thing where because Stephen was facing Jenny away from Sarah and Sarah was behind him on the floor and then Jenny kind of looks and she and you can tell that she can see that Sarah's moving and I was expecting her to look at Sarah and then look back at, at um, Stephen and like pretend that she hadn't seen yeah, and then Sarah I, would jump I, I, up I thought that as and well. attack him but she didn't do that she ran straight over to Sarah to see if she was alright well, which is did actually end up the more normal thing appearance. yeah yeah it is, it is. Sarah, Sarah did end up making a surprise appearance in the bar later didn't she what when she smashed Stephen with the chair. Okay. Um, I, she, I do yeah, wonder she... how Stephen managed to dispatch of Leo by just giving him a bit of a push into a railing. And Teddy, literally with a, with a, um, a hole punch, yet he smacks Tim on the head with a metal pipe <laughs> and Sarah, and somehow they managed to survive. So he kills somebody with a hole punch, but not with a pipe. There's something that's not right there. Don't use logic. Anyway, Jenny starts to piece things together because he's being quite threatening towards her. And she's like, you killed Leo, didn't you? Oh, no. Um, she's, she's saying, yeah, I want to know everything. And finally, after denying it for so long, he admits that it was an accident. Um, he's And she's like, wouldn't you phone an ambulance? And he, he, he basically does a bit of an exposition dump, doesn't he? Where he, he tells her everything, really. 
Um, he he even says, "I killed Teddy with a hole punch." And it's then like a Rufus piece of stationery. Yeah, yeah, and, and then Rufus with my bare hands. Um, but I'll never kill you, and and I totally would believe that. I believe he believed that in that moment, but I also think that he would have. Well, I suppose the fact that he did then take her out with a bottle to her neck. Yeah. Did he really love her? I don't know. Because, listen, this man was married to Gabrielle. We don't know how long for. Mm. You don't get married to somebody for, like, a plot reason. <laughs> and, you know, he, he obviously loved Gabrielle too. But he tries to tell Jenny later that he, she's the only woman he's ever loved or the only love of his life. Mm. I don't believe him. I think you I think you love Gabrielle as well. Yeah, I know, but that's my point. Yeah, I know, I know, I'm saying I agree with you. Um anyway, he, he starts having a bit of a sob story about how he was um a failure in Milan and now over in Weatherfield it was his chance to start again and he, he didn't want Audrey to la- to to see him fail because he loves Audrey so much. And um Jenny's like, Well you get away then quickly before Audrey sees you for what you are. Passports in me bag. Um and then this is when he says, oh, Jenny, I love you more than I've ever loved anyone. This is the only genuine thing about my life here. Is this where he starts to say, Jenny, come along with me? I can't remember. Um, but it gets interrupted, whatever they're saying, because they start to hear voices outside. Stephen puts his hand over Jenny's mouth to stop her screaming for help. Um, oh, yeah, and th- says, this is where he says we could go to Thailand. and um, Maybe it's not too late. Remember yeah. the good times. And then she knees him in the balls. That's what always happens to... When you tell a woman you love them in it, right, lads? Yeah. She needs you in the balls, whether yeah. it's literally or figuratively. <laughs> um, so this is when he, um, he, he uh, she, she tries to run to the door and she's kicking and screaming at this door, but it's all boarded up because of the uh, the waterford closure. So he uh, drags her away from it. But outside, Sean and Adam are there listening in, trying to get this door open. Sean calls the police because he realised there's a bit of a fracas in there and Adam runs round for the back door. And when Adam ran round for the back door, it's like, oh, he's inserted himself in this story now. Is he going to get bumped off? And even though I was watching my clock and going, oh, he's not got much time left to kill anybody. I was thinking, Adam, yeah, I'll take him. That's fine. That'll do. So anyway, back inside the pub, Stephen's wrestling Jenny to the ground and grabs a piece of broken glass. Now, I, I don't know whether I missaw this, but I thought that he kind of tucked a piece of glass into his jacket and then he took another one later, but this second piece of glass never materialised later. So maybe, I don't know, maybe I was wrong well, with that. Well, he picks up the broken bottle. Yeah, he, he does. He's got a broken bottle anyway. Um, and he eventually he... No. Oh, no. Sarah... This is the point where Sarah pops out of nowhere, seemingly completely fine, having been hit quite hard around the head the with a metal screen. pipe. And um, she swings a chair at him. He goes down on the floor for a bit, but then jumps up like the Terminator not long after and holds a bottle to Sarah's throat. So after the break, final, onto the final quarter now, and Adam, Sean and Sarah exit the Rovers Followed by well, Michael Stephen and Adam and have rushed in at this point, and yeah. then the doors open, yeah. and they all go out the front. Yeah, and then and then Stephen and Jenny come out not long afterwards, and Stephen's yeah got Jenny as hostage, and he's like, and "Get me a car." He should have asked for a helicopter. He probably could have got one this week because ITV had it on loan. I've always thought if I'm in a hostage situation where I'm holding hostages, I'm gonna definitely ask for pizza. It's a traditional food to eat when you're holding people hostage. Mm. It's quite exciting because you don't have to pay for it. It only works if you've got him trapped in a room because his hands were quite busy. Get me a pizza and don't use a coupon code. <laughs> Feed it to me. Um. Anyway, he's there, 
but also he's being observed by the array of plats. Yeah, people have started to show up. Onlookers so are gathering. So loads of people are there, aren't they, at this point? Um, I can't remember who else there was. Adam, Sean, Audrey's Sarah, not turned up at this point yet. Uh, David um, must be Nick there too. Yeah, yeah. Because he demands the car from David and David's like why my car why not why not Nick's car it's faster <laughs> and he's like no go get your car and it's she'll not back in 30 seconds she dies mm. Jenny's not happy no and then she tells everybody that Stephen's she, killed she everybody. starts telling everybody she about Stephen's confession the truth finally starts to dawn on Michael that his mentor Yep. in business for all these uh, months is actually a massive criminal and Stephen says yeah I don't have any remorse this is like <laughs> he was he was peak ranting criminal at this point yeah. wasn't he he was like saying wah ha 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 it was like a, it was like a Batman villain but then what never happens in a Batman movie is the, his mum comes his over. His mumsy comes along and says, oh, Stephen, what are you doing, my love? I like this because I she just like said this. it. She just said it and she's like, what are you doing, my love? Everyone else was like... In really, high tension Yeah, in, in kind of crisis kind of mode. And Audrey... And Audrey's I don't know whether she like was doing drunk. it on purpose to try and calm things down things. or whether... Yeah, exactly. I think she whether... just got pushed to the edge of, of like... In, I can't... I don't know if this is even real. Like, is this real? I don't know. Am I in a dream? But I, what I are you loved, doing? I love this. And she's like, what are you doing, love? Come on. No, she didn't say it like that. She just sounded broken and, and sad. Yeah. She wasn't like, oh, what are you doing? Yeah, silly sausage. Yeah, no, she no. wasn't no, like exactly. that. No, exactly. I'm saying that she wasn't like that. <laughs> over at the cafe, Rita's overhearing. She's been waiting for Jenny for ages to do that. No, it's Carla. She gets a call from Peter. Yeah, but Rita's there as well, isn't she? Okay. And she overhears this call from Peter. Oh, dear, she says. Which was them talking about Stephen Rue potentially being on the loose. So she rushes out over to the uh, to pub. the pub, does, does Carla, to go and join the join everything that's going on. The hostage situation's still going on when Carla turns up. Audrey's still trying to talk Stephen down and he's yelling and he's ranting. Ranting? Ranting. ranting <laughs> as David pulls up in, in his car and Stephen drags Jenny over to it and, and I'm again looking at my watch at the moment thinking, oh, oh my you God. haven't got long. You've got, what are you doing? You've got literally minutes left, Stephen. You're going to probably die at the end of this or are you going to, you're not going to drive away. I didn't know what was going to happen here and I was thinking, oh. is... Is Jenny still in danger? Probably not. And and um, St- Jenny starts taunting Stephen about, well, Audrey's not going to be proud of you now. And you said that the only reason you came back here was to make her proud. And he stops to think for a minute. Then we let, zoom relinquish, out. Yeah, we zoom out. We kind of, he relinquishes Jenny. They have a, so, an exchange of... They say something to each other. They say something to each other. We hear the bottle drop. We don't see it. But then we see... You see, hit- Stephen in the middle of the road without anything in his hand, mm. either of his hands. And Peter, then we see a shot of him appearing out of nowhere, and then we see Stephen from his point of view knocks into him. Stephen goes flying, and and that's that. Really, his his dying it was body over is so fast. It really, really was. It was not. It wasn't like oh, that came out of nowhere. How exciting! It was like. But they're running out of time and thought, I don't know, let's just have a car hit him. Obviously, it's building into another story, but... And where do, where do you... We died on Rosamond Street, no? Yeah. 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 Which is the shortest road. Yeah, I don't and know how had, Peter May was able to get quite a run We've made jokes about this stretch of road before being incredibly dangerous, even though you can't actually go that fast. Yeah, quite a few people have been uh, knocked down or nearly knocked down in that time stretch. By rights, Weatherfield Council, get me on this, should have put speed bumps in by now for the amount of fatalities or near fatalities. Yeah. 
So he's there gurgling away on the ground. Um, Audrey comes over and she's like, "No, no, it's my Stephen." And Me and Audrey everyone's crowding around. You understand? And he's what he's we've lost. he's not in a good way. No, Sally's still badgering on, wittering on about Tim. And, Shut um, up. Yeah, Stephen dies. And well, hang on, does some... Michael does the CPR. He does. He does, he does the very... best CPR that anyone's ever done on the show. Yeah. Well, I I I said at the time, if anyone the the other thing that has appeared on Corey's social media, I think this was on Wednesday, was a little pillow that's been made out of Todd Boyce's or Stephen suede jacket that was given to him as a as a gift on this final episode. And I was like, I wonder whether Michael's just doing CPR on the jacket there and he can he can be as forceful as he wants. But poor Michael, even though he's now realises what Stephen's done and how he's lied all the time, he still he still wants to save him. I just love the way that, that they they roll Tim out, uh, they roll Stephen over and there's um, Audrey's like, oh my love, oh no. Mm. And, and, and Michael's doing chest compressions. And well, Sally's going, where is Tim? <laughs> Do you know where Tim is? He owes me a tagine. This reminded me a bit of when uh, James collapsed on the football pitch oh, and yeah, they were having to nose, do the yeah. chest compressions there, weren't they? Well, if you thought, if you're in any doubt as to whether Stephen is dead or not, he gets zipped into the body bag. Traditional coronation straight. Yeah, that's exactly. The, the way of saying sure you know. they're not coming back. But I really, really loved that he had a little grin on his face, didn't he? He had he a didn't smirk. Really, he did, he did. He was having a bit of a smirk. He had a, a bit smirk. of a Mona Lisa Just, smile. It is he was, smiling? It, is he yes, sad? Yes, he was. Okay. It was there wasn't that cheesy, everybody. Wasn't that a cheesy like 12 that, months of murder? I thought that was absolutely perfect for him. I, I loved that final Meanwhile, moment. That was Sally's so, so there. clever. Um, Sally's still... Where's Tim? Yeah, what about Tim? Um, Audrey, we then cut to in number eight, speaking to the police. She's like... I want justice for Stephen. That Peter Barlow, he murdered him in cold blood. You write that down, well, he everyone. Says, she says he was going to give himself up. Peter Barlow murdered him. Mm. You would think that, wouldn't you? She. I can't understand throughout... why people don't get why Audrey would say this. Uh, throughout this episode and Wednesday's episode, she was... She was the main person who didn't want to entertain the idea that Stephen was actually a murderer. It took her a long time to come to terms with that. She still was supporting her son and not wanting to see the bad in him which makes perfect sense no one was in mortal danger when he was run over no and in this country in real life not in a soap you can't just kill somebody because they killed other people that's not how it works no you can't just run someone he over wasn't a threat um so, so at that i don't, very moment, I don't anyway. think i don't think she's wrong i think peter did kill him in cold blood well it, it wasn't cold blood he was he, he was het up Maybe, I don't know. I'm really interested to see what all the other characters say. Whether Are they all going to band together and say, look, let's just lie and say that It's not had... going to be interesting if, that, if it does that. Mm. So, uh, I think that Jenny is going to reveal what he said to her. Right. I Do don't know think... what that could be. It, like, I'll, I'll promise I won't kill you. It was only a joke. <laughs> um, I wonder what Jenny's feelings were towards Stephen in those final moments. Yeah. Because she did love him and there were some great scenes over the last two weeks of them snuggling up together and yes she's realised that he was trying to rob her when he was talking about doing that joint account and yes she realised that he's a murderer but you can't just switch your feelings off for someone like that and I think that maybe she would have seen that he was just desperate and maybe he said something to her that 
she's now going to be on Audrey's side, possibly. Like, you shouldn't have killed Stephen. I don't know what he you could possibly have said. He was a good guy that made some bad decisions. In, the, in such a small, small amount of time that he had to say to her that could have switched her from, you're going to kill me, you bastard, to, oh my gosh, you are the victim. <laughs> I, I don't know what it could what it could possibly have been. I, I think that Sal could do some lovely scenes oh, of she's gonna be um, fantastic. Uh, wondering and thinking, you know, did he deserve that or not? Well, it'd be and interesting I, if she didn't even hear what he said. Yeah. Like, was it Einstein? His final words, no one will ever know what they were because he was in a room as he was dying with a nurse who couldn't speak German. Oh, no. And he said something. And she's like, I don't know what he said. <laughs> Um, anyway, so that's that. That's setting the story up for later. Uh, and then, meanwhile, last scene of the episode, and I'm very glad now, that hang they. On. What? Before then, we get Peter. Oh yeah, sorry, I've completely missed the all flash that. We see the out. flash forwards playing out, and we've been we talking about this all episode. The thing is, we didn't really, as far as I remember, get anything brand new for this. It was a lot of repeats of the flash forwards we'd already seen. There was a little bit more of Peter trying to defend himself, saying, look, he was trying to kill Jenny. I'm not the murderer here. Um, Yeah, and then... I can't remember what the segue line is to say, oh, I wonder where Tim is, or maybe he's killed Tim. I hope Tim's Tim. not in a boot. Um, and then we cut to Tim, and you you, you, you could see no, clearly on. what was going to happen. Peter says, we don't even know if he's killed Tim or something. Oh. I'm not the murderer, he's killed three people, maybe yeah, even maybe four. four. And then we cut to Tim. Cut to Tim, eyes closed in the boot, and I said to you, Cockroach. he's going to have can't his eyes flick it. open now, isn't he? And what do you know, he did. Um, and I did uh, like the shot at the end where the camera kind of zooms out on a on a, a drone above the top of the trees. Very, very nice. In the darkness. Nice. So he's there over over the weekend now because we're not having another episode till Monday. Well, there is no such thing as weekend. How long has he been in there? He's been in there, well, he... he two Only days. two days, yeah. But he's going to be in there the, for a third day now. Yeah. Well, this is getting dangerous because he needs to drink water soon. There was nothing in that boot apart from a can of petrol that got taken out. Mm. I don't think they'll really worry about it. No, I don't think they will either. They let they'll they'll, um, Toya sit in the back of a van. I'm not sure how they're going to find all, him, all apart from the fact that there was that scene in the middle of the episode where a dog comes and has a yes, sniff at I the think, boot. And I think that... somebody will have reported it to the police and mm. the police will come and look at it. Because whenever you see an abandoned car, it always has that sticker on it that says, Police Aware. There's always a dog that that's able, yeah. There's always a dog that's able to track things down, isn't there? Because wasn't there a yeah. dog that found um, Rick Nealon's hand or the watch or something? It was actually a dog that laid uh, that started digging the foundations for the Bailey's <laughs> development. Anyway, that is what happened in Coronation Street this week. So you said that you um, <laughs> didn't know what to done? make of it. Okay. At the beginning of this, yeah. now we've been through that the whole thing. What what are your final thoughts? I'm not going to say I wasn't disappointed because I, I was quite disappointed in the missed opportunities. I thought, like I said, it was a bit rushed. I would have done with another episode. I really wish that we'd had another episode of Stephen. I think it did feel like the, the kill was anticlimactic, but if it's going where I think it's going, there was a good reason for it, even if it feels like I've been cheated or something. Mm. I'm really mad he didn't kill again. I I, I think that the, the the Monday and the Wednesday were brilliant. I think all the performances I think were great. Ma- I would say Monday was the best. I would probably would even say that Friday was better than Wednesday because 
I was getting a bit more annoyed at the Platt's silliness. I didn't mind that at all. I thought that they wasted loads of time on Friday just with loads of fannying about. Oh, the other funny line that David said was um, about the roller carpet when they're talking about Stephen... Um, was it putting him yeah, in a bin right. or something? And David's like, what's just... What's... Why throw him in the bin when you... Oh, no, no. It was, why do, why do you put him in a roof box when a roller carpet will do? Which is a nice callback to them and Callum. Yes. Um... Yeah, there's loads of stuff that we haven't even said happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've we've done the main we've done the main bits of it. Um, I think we've I, almost talked us. I I don't know what it is that made it so anticlimactic. I think it was just that it literally came out of nowhere. It was Peter who didn't really have as much to do with this storyline as I'd wanted it to. It was a final confirmation that he wasn't going to kill anyone, and being hit by a car isn't that exciting a way to go. It also wasn't like a super dramatic, scary freakish like horrific looking death it was like bonk mm. people have people have do- people have been in more horrific and scary car crashes and lived on this show yeah um, but again I don't think it's about Stephen I think that I think like once he dropped the bottle on the floor it became Peter's story and uh Sorry, Stephen, you're you're as good as dead, so you might as well lay in a body bag because mm. we, the the show's moved on from you already. Yeah. Um. But I do, I do I think there's a lot of potential here for this story that I think is going to happen between the, the Platts, um, especially Audrey. Like they all think she's in denial here. I'm really interested to see what Ken's reaction to this is going to be because he wasn't there. He hasn't seen it. So he's going to hear about his son being accused of murder. Peter's going to be saying, Dad, Dad, he's going to spin him the story that, no, I needed to rescue Jenny. And so Ken's probably going to take his side. Yeah, he's going to believe him. Ken's going to be so upset, I would hope, that Peter has killed somebody. I think that's... That's right for some great scenes. Now, um, I mean, again, I don't want to keep tooting my own horn here, but when we were talking, when we did our Stephen's, uh, who should Stephen have killed, Adam was one of my selections, and I said that the reason why was so that it would spark a Platt versus yeah. Barlow's feud. And this looks like that's what could happen. Mm. Yeah, I wonder, like... But then I I, I'm the really plan. interested to see what lots of the characters react to this. Like, what's Gail going to say? Is she going to side with her brother? The problem, I suppose, with Gail is that she's been involved in this story so little. We've barely seen her since Stephen's been back. So I don't really know what their relationship is supposed to be. David, yeah. he's is he going to be that upset that Peter killed his uncle? I don't no, know. No, he's just going to make but, a sarcastic joke. Yeah, um... I, He's going to make some kind of joke about, oh, there's no inheritance, so I don't really care. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. So, I think, I, I, I think we've finished. I, I would like to give a quick shout out to all the behind the scenes stuff that Corrie's been putting on. As much as I, um, as much as Corrie's social media is in the doghouse with me for spoiling that, that bottle to the next scene, I did appreciate, like, there was the, there was behind the scenes stuff at the canal there was um, there was an interview with Todd Boyce that went up there today. There was a whole thing which was, uh, here's what you saw on screen, whilst also here's what we saw being filmed. I'd love that if they did this more. There was a behind the scenes at the airport that we watched, wasn't there? That was all great. Love all that kind of stuff. So thank you very much for that, Coronation Street. We got to see a goodbye message from Todd Boyce. We did, yes. <sighs> I love did. him so much. I wish uh, he was still in it. 
I, I think, you know, when we eventually do our Stephen Reed character profile, which, you know, is looking likely to be next week. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um, oh, I'd be interesting to, to say now that we are, we'll, we'll be removed from the immediacy of tonight's episode and what's our final conclusions going to be about how it all ended and how does he rank up against the other serial killers? Should he rank against the likes of Hillman and Platt or should he be... Platt? Sorry, Hillman and... Who's the other one? Pat, that's it. <laughs> um, or or should he be like, he's only a comedy one after all, he's more of a John Stave, I don't know. But um, I, I, I very much enjoyed this this story. As, although it got a bit boring and businessy at times, and although it didn't always go the way I wanted it to, it was a very entertaining 12 months for me. So um, thank you very much, Ian McLeod and co, for coming up with the idea and yeah, keeping us brilliant. I loved free, it yeah. so much. I was so excited. Like, w- this has been a real journey for us, too, on, this, on the show, because we like you, you guys all know how we found out. It was really special and exciting. Um, it's been a fab time. I, I love the character. I think they did such a brilliant job of like turning this incredibly minor side character into a, a super important... So a character that everybody's got an opinion of, which you certainly yeah. couldn't say about him before. I know whether that, the good or the bad. I know that, you know, people will say they hate him and they don't, you know, there are lots of different um, comments. I, I don't agree with anybody who thinks that he wasn't a brilliant performer. I think you've got to be a bit mad to think that, that you're correct in saying that. Um, I... I think I just oh, I did a quick. People can think that if they want. He was very. Can I... He was very over the top and theatrical, and th- I, I I just well, enjoyed that. That's the that. point of the the yeah. thing. If he was, you know, if he was okay, whatever. I'm not going to argue about it because the person who's saying it's not even here. <laughs> um, I did a quick poll and I got sixty percent hate and forty percent love, Aww. which I think is fair enough because I think a lot of people didn't even like Pat Phelan, and we think he was great. Um, a lot of people just really don't like this sort of storyline to begin with. Mm. So to, to get that percentage, um, I think is really good. I think a lot of people got won over by the sheer camp of the story. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things that Todd Boyce has said in his exit interview on their social media. Like, oh, I hope some of you come round to, to liking yes, me a please. little bit more over the year, because that, I, I felt that towards the beginning of this year, end of last year, there was a lot more hatred yeah. towards Stephen than there was at the end. So it's good that he was I've able to win been... win round some fans with his um, bonkers antics. I've always been a 100% reader. <laughs> um, so the time has come to score this week's and get our character of the week. Well, it's Stephen. Clearly Stephen, character of the week, mm-hmm. no questions there. Um, mm, what am I scoring it? I was... I loved... The majority of this, every night when we sat down to watch Coronation Street, I was very excited. I loved how we were kept guessing all the time about who's he bumped off or is such and such person in danger. Um, The stuff with Tim and the ties on Monday, the tie strangulation on Monday was fun. Um, David did have some great lines. Loved that Jenny was a central character. Um, I don't know whether who's going to say it first. Who's going to say it? Do you know what score you're going to give it? I think... Oh. See, if I compare this to, say, the Horonation Street week, it doesn't compare. I absolutely adored, and in the future I'll always say, yep, yeah, whatever the naysayers say, I love that. And I don't think I can universally say, 
I like this week as much. It didn't grab me quite so much. Um, and, there, and there were the bits that I didn't like, so I'm just going to come right out of it and say that I am going to give this week's Coronation Street four sheets to the wind out of five. <laughs> okay. What about you? I... I really, really enjoyed a Monday and Wednesday. There's always going to be that tinge of regret at the end of a story when you know that that it's the end. Um, I always feel sad at the end of things. It always makes me feel annoyed hey, when something's over. I remember two weeks ago on the podcast, you said, I'm, I hope he doesn't go on that Friday the 13th episode. It feels like it's going to happen too quickly. I'm not ready for yeah. him to go yet. Do you think that they could and should have strung this out until Christmas or something? Because I, I'm sure that early on in the year, Ian McLeod did an interview and he said, oh, this Stephen story is going to keep running till the end of the year. I think maybe people inferred from that that he was talking about Christmas when I would thought that he probably knew that it was going to end in Super Soap Week. Um, some people I've seen say, oh, they brought the ending forward because they saw that it was unpopular. I I hope that that's not true, and I, I think it's probably not. But I was surprised how I was able to come round to the idea that this was his last week. It definitely didn't feel two weeks ago that he was ready to go, but I think, yeah, it, it was okay towards the end. I, he had a good exit. He had centre stage for a whole week. Yeah, you can't complain about how much screen time Stephen got in his final week, for no, sure. Which which you can't say about. I would have given this another another few months myself, but and it, I would have given him at least another kill. Mm-hmm. That that's my biggest biggest regret in this. Mm-hmm. What what's your score? I that, gonna start go avoiding then. your score, Gemma. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Come on. I'm gonna give this week four there we go. and a half what you're giving it more than me <laughs> yeah. but you felt that i felt that you were more disappointed than well, me well if my theory is correct and it's heading to a different stage yeah it clearly is it better be a long one um that takes a while to, to sort of get get through and it better be far-reaching otherwise we've wasted a character Stephen. On... do you do you think that Peter is going to get sent down or... Personally, I can't see how anyone could think that he was justified. I mean, I, there's going to be Peter fans who are going to say... Because uh, it always makes me feel straight. Like, remember with the whole um, Amy and... Uh, what's his face? Aaron. Aaron. And we watched it on the screen happen in front of our eyes. And people still couldn't. Even when it was explained in excruciating detail in the show and the podcast what exactly happened they still did not believe it and they saw it with their own eyes <laughs> there's still going to be people who if if what you know I'm saying I'm not wrong he dropped the bottle you heard it and then we saw him with nothing in his hands and Audrey said he didn't have anything in his hands Peter shouldn't have run him over there was no reason for him to have hit him with his car no. and he killed him um, so he should go to prison has that has it has Peter been thrown under the bus by this story or will we be like, no, you know, can I, you imagine years okay. to come and where Tracy's like, oh, I murdered someone. And Peter's like, oh, so did I. Okay. Or is this the end for him? No, because I, again, although I think he, he, he shouldn't have done it, I completely sympathise and understand why he did it. And I think the more interesting thing is, where do you draw the line? This is fiction, so I feel quite comfortable in saying that, although he, that was, this was actually murder... 
I think he should get away with it because we know that Stephen was a wrong one and he did kill people and he made Carla's life hell and he stole all of the money and everything. Yeah. Are they going to get the money back now? They must do. I guess so. Because he, he wouldn't have spent it on anything except taxis. <laughs> um, yeah, so... so I, supplies. I think this is a moral dilemma more than anything. How much do you think Peter deserves redemption or understanding or compassion for killing Stephen? Because he didn't have to do it. Yeah, no. And no. I think a I'm... lot of... Like, like with everything else, a lot of people are going to be clouded by how much they like the character. Yeah. I'm just, I've just got on my phone here the, the, the exit scene again. I just want to be absolutely sure that he's not got this bottle. So Jenny's run away here. Peter... Yeah, you. I, I've, I've got the volume off, but it looks like he didn't have the bottle. I, I was just. The I, bottle I, I, noise. There's a bottle yeah. noise that you didn't hear. I, I was. Um, I, I just watching that again. How Peter? How sorry Stephen was squirming on the floor there. It was horrible. It was. It was pretty grisly, wasn't yeah. it? Good job. Good job. Yeah. So four and a half from you, four from me. Okay. Well, who'd did, have thought? Did I who'd have thought? Of? Did I say? Um. No. I, um. No. I don't know whether you did. Do you want to? Do you want to go for one? Um, um, murderous Barlow's. Murderous Barlow's, hey. He's a murderous Barlow. My my set my backup one was boyfriend eating hamsters, which was the uh, the reference to the thing on the front of the magazine that Jenny was reading the other day. But I'm going for sheets. I'm just watching this in like the slowest possible mode uh, to see whether he's got anything in his hands. Yeah, you can't really tell, can you? No, he doesn't. No, he's not. He's he didn't have anything. Peter, in his hands. you murderer. Yeah. I say it's racist. What? <laughs> Against Canadians. Oh yeah. <laughs> it is. You I tell you what, the commission, the uh the, the, the Canadian embassy needs to complain to Ofcom about yeah. this blatant yeah. act of I mean, are we at war with Canada? <laughs> we said, oh, how that went down. We can't though, can we? Because the we got the same king. Oh, yeah. What would Charles do? Be like, this is really awkward. <laughs> Mum never told me what to do in case this happens. <laughs> right, we're waffling. We've been waffling for far too long about this. I'm really interested to hear what everybody else thought about this. Did you think it was a letdown at all? Did you love it completely and unconditionally? Tell us what you thought. Tell us what you thought. Um, we're going to go over and do a bit of news. There's not too much news. Got a fair we're bit of feedback, home. but um, th- this has been a long podcast. We're going to really is. race through this. Gone, Bennett, it's ten past one in the morning. I had no idea it was that late. We've got stuff to do. Time to move on to the next section. Right, you're ready to go, go, go with some news. Speed yeah. news this week. Charlie Lawson has got married. Congratulations. We heard about this on the podcast a few months ago. But finally, in the last week or so, maybe, he's walked down the aisle to his partner of 22 years, Debbie Stanley. So he has. I don't think he, the man usually walks towards the lady to get married. I think it's the other way around. But you never they, know. They walked out together. You never know how. It's a did secret it ceremony. Week. Then they had a celebration with loved ones. Yeah, there were there curry were... people there, weren't there? Simon Gregson was there. Alison King was there as a bridesmaid. Vicky Entwistle, lovely. lovely, looking very very nice. Kim Marsh was there. Claire yeah. King of Emmerdale fame, yeah. but also Coronation Street. Simon Gregson Street. was his best man. I know, I know. It was great. It was a, well, I we weren't there. I, it, it sounded great. So I just wanted to say congratulations. And the, yeah, you, you say, you're right. You said it was a secret ceremony. That there was a secret ceremony. Yeah. So what was what was out there in OK Magazine this week was the, the, the big official family wedding. So they got married a, a little while before at Macclesfield Registration Office. And then they had... Um, 
a big proper wedding afterwards. With Eamon so, Holmes. So that Eamon Holmes could do the service, which we which we talked about a few weeks ago. He's always doing ago. everyone's wedding, isn't he? He's always like, oh, I want to do the service. Yeah, All right, Eamon, they, okay. But they had to get legally married <sighs> first before Eamon could do it. Anyway, congratulations, Charlie Dawson. Next. Next. Well next done, up. Look. This is all. This is. I can. I can ever want to. No, Callum McIntyre is going to star in a new film. Speaking of serial killers, feeling he's going to star in a new film called Our Kid, which is being screened on October the twenty ninth at the Rain Dance Film Festival. Is it a film festival? Is it a film about our best child character? No, it's not about Coronation Street awards categories. It is based on an award winning short film from two thousand and sixteen called Thomas. He plays the father of a girl who wants to play for Liverpool and her brother who has cerebral palsy. And there's a quote here is, who's this from? I think this is just the the, the, the press the release about it. 12 year old Laura's goal in life is to one day play football professionally. Laura has many footballing heroes, but it's her older brother Thomas who's her biggest hero. His inspirational quest to raise money for charity through a sponsored bike ride while overcoming the challenges he faces from his cerebral palsy shows Laura and the rest of her community what determination and perseverance can achieve. So there you go. If you've been missing Connor McIntyre, and who hasn't since Pat Phelan popped his clogs, you might want to go and see him do some other acting than something else. I mean, presumably he's the father of both of these characters. Yeah. Yeah, he is. That's what I said. Well, it says... Uh, Anyway. So, uh, yeah, that's good. Um, I, I... we, yes. we, do we, we need to do some kind of comparison. Like, it's a really difficult one because just we're talking about serial killers and Stephen and everything. And even though I did enjoy this story, I, I'm still obviously going to put Pat Phelan and Richard Hillman leagues above Stephen Reed just because he was more of a comedy serial killer. Would you kind of agree? What did Would you, you just say? Stephen and the Pat and Richard leagues ahead of Stephen Reed in the serial I'm killer gonna, states, I, need, and I'm I sure need... that Coronation Street wouldn't wouldn't put them in the same category because he was a comedy one. You need what? I'm, I need perspective and time to even tell you the answer to that. No, he's not up there, but it still doesn't detract from the fact that I enjoyed him. Melanie Hill, another Coronation Street ex-cast member, um, is the next article, and she has got a new part in Casualty. So she's going to be playing a no-nonsense clinical nurse manager called Siobhan McKenzie, and she's going to be on the screen in the new year. And um, there was a little publicity shot of her, and I love. I think she's great. That she's doing a lovely no-nonsense pose. I'm really really pleased for Mel and um, I think that the way that they handled her exit in Coronation Street was was not great for her and her character really did I can't believe Peter Barlow ran her over <laughs> she was run over that time do you remember during that last um, not the last you know there's a Britain's Got Talent week when she catapulted through the air one but of anyway, her best moments was when she was on drugs coming downstairs yes so I am absolutely thrilled for her that she's been given this um, new role in a very high um, profile. profile pitch. Uh, continuing drama. Continuing drama on BBC One. But um, according to her press release, if you're interested in this, Siobhan is a hardworking nurse with years of experience who joins the emergency department at a time when the cracks are beginning to show amongst the staff. Determined to pull her team together, Siobhan tackles the issues of the of the ED emergency, emergency department. Oh, yeah, head on, using her knowledge and strength to deliver what her department needs. Now I'm the expert on this because I've been to, to you know, A&E twice. You know A&Es, don't you? Yeah. So, Do you have any hard-working, no-nonsense clinical nurse managers deal with you? Maybe if I had, I wouldn't have been in the corridor for six hours. <laughs> anyway, good luck, Mel, with that role. I'm sure, I suppose you've already filmed it, but I don't right. know. And finally, this is... Gemma, you can tell from, from this, we want to whiz through this. Yeah. This is, the, is this the shortest cabin ever with four articles in? 
Ellie Leach. This is how still the news ends. should be. You take as long as it takes to tell the news and uh, then you move on. This is what they should do for the 10 o'clock news. The 10 o'clock news doesn't need to be half an hour long. It's like, there's only this one bit of news today. Yeah, Prince Ch- uh, King Charles turned up and opened a pound land. Right, see you tomorrow. Ellie Leach is our final bit of news and she is still going strong in Strictly. She got three eights and a nine last week's um, episode where she danced the V&A's waltz to Waiting on a Miracle from Encanto because I think it was film week last week. But everyone's still raving about her. They're still they're, they're saying she's doing a great, great job. So um, I think it's going to be quite likely that she's going to be um, a mainstay on Strictly and therefore in our cabin section for a little while to come. I haven't watched the dance. I don't watch Strictly, you know this, but we're still rooting for her. Good luck, Ellie. And um, maybe next week, some current Coronation Street cast members would like to do something to make it into the news because there ain't been nothing else for them this week. Although, we, you know, tonight, we've had the Rita documentary, haven't we, that we've not been able to see because we've been recording this. So I hope everyone who's been able to watch has enjoyed it. We shall have to watch that over the weekend at some point. We've also, in a minute, got to go off and do our... Big Brother podcast that we're starting. Oh my god! Oh yeah, Big Brother started this week. We're back. Is anyone else watching Big Brother this year? We're not I really know doing a are. podcast about it. But we're we, not doing one. We have not. We, got if the we time. had time, we probably would. We've, we've really quite enjoyed it this week, haven't yeah. we? I thought that the bunch of housemates that they've got this week are not are interesting enough. They're normal, but then they're normal. There, there, there aren't. I they're can't... not. They're not all influencers. No. Apart from Farida, who's got a makeup channel with. Far more listeners. I'm than really we have. getting like early housemate bunch vibe. They don't appear to be there to get famous. Obviously, they are, but they feel fairly normal, and I quite like a lot of them. I like the two posh ones. I love the house. The posh ones are brilliant. So yeah, glad right. that Big Brother is back on the airwaves again. Right, but and then this isn't a Big Brother are. podcast. Like We're going to do feedback now. Okay, feedback. Let's see if we can speed through the feedback in this extra speed long back. time. Speedback. Speedback, yeah. We had we it was, we got quite a lot of emails this week, unsurprisingly, because it was a big week, so I've had to pick and choose the emails that we read out. We got Sorry a really, if we don't get got, to you. We got a great, long, interesting email from Jake this week about his um, distaste for serial killer storylines, and if I remember, I'm going to include it in next week's show, but um, I, I want to get through a few shorter ones this week. But before we get to them... Um, average score for last week's Coronation Street was fairly good. 3.92 out of 5. You enjoyed it last week. I'm interested to see um, how this week fares in the old Mm. score department. Rachel gave last week's Coronation Street four paternal offspring tete-a-tete out of five. (laughs) Samantha, three and a half snow globes (laughs) through a kebab shop window. And Jack gave it four incriminating Polaroid pictures left on the floor of a church out of five. Thank you, everybody, who has scored on the Facebook poll. Don't forget to do it this week. Um, So, variety of emails this week. And this one from Julia is something that we asked for related to Liam's asthma. So last week when he was having his asthma attack out on the swings, I was like, did Liam have asthma before or did they make it up for this story? I've got no idea. And Julia wrote in, as I asked for to say, yes, you idiots, of course he's had asthma before, but she said it a lot more politely than that. She also says she hopes you're better soon, Gemma. Guess what, everyone? Health update? I got an infection. Gemma had got an infected sorbet. That's why I have to, I can only drink milk for a very limited amount of time. Yeah, Gemma's on new tablets, which means she can't drink milk for a two-hour period. And you know Gemma likes no, her tea. No, it's an eight-hour period. Is it? It's two hours either side of two pills a day. Oh, so you've got to go eight hours without tea? 
in the morning I have to go four hours and in the evening... I don't know how you manage that. Wow. I just drink booze. Thoughts and prayers, drink... thoughts and prayers, as Dad said in that mm. last week. I can week's drink alcohol in it, which is not helpful, really, because <laughs> I, I'm having gin and tonics instead of cups of tea. <laughs> anyway, um, she says, Re Liam and his asthma. I remember this storyline, and it was only a few years ago. In 2021, Liam was playing football and collapsed in the street, and he was diagnosed with asthma. Maria then had her clean air campaign, which led to her being targeted by the councilman with the text, and we were led to believe it was Max Turner. There was some online stuff, and Liam kicked off at school and so on. It was around the time Maria met the refugee boy, yeah. and there was tension with Max. So, yeah, of course, how could I forget this? This was the whole thing that sparked started off Maria's clean air campaign wasn't it and I seem to remember in that scene where Liam collapsed I think Matt Jack was there just kind of standing gormlessly while his mate was was hyperventilating on the floor so yes I stand corrected and I think I really think I'm getting more forgetful about Coronation Street things as I'm getting older but yes it had been established that Liam has got asthma but then I apologize for my error. thank you very much for that email um, at least at some point you can sort of snarl at somebody, I've forgotten more about Coronation Street than you've ever learned. Mm. That's definitely true. I'll read Lewis's email, shall I? Yeah, shall this I is a great one. Like, this is this is coming from Reno. I love hearing people saying where they're from. I think you should all start your I think emails. he's written in before. I, I, yeah, but I still, I, it's it's a nice yeah, little reminder. I don't even remember if you're whether from... you've written, but I'm sorry. Uh, Hull. Slough. Scunthorpe. Now I'm interested to Shout know where you come Slough. from because it's just it, even after all these years it's still really cool to think that all over this I know, lovely planet we've got people that are interested in tuning into us wittering on about Coronation Street for three and a half hours every right. week. He says um, loved your podcast as always and I wanted to email you just to say Gemma if I'd known you you would definitely have been invited to my gay wedding in 2014 you too Michael oh thanks is I'm... it in Reno see I, when I think Reno I think Sister Act because that's where Dolores was from wasn't it so yeah. that's pretty snazzy I'd go there it's definitely r- full of razzle dazzle mm. I want to go to Nevada to see the big dome thing that they got in Las Vegas yeah. at the moment that's pretty cool Not probably not if you live there it's probably very annoying but nice bit of tech he says, I'm afraid the importance of Paul and Billy's wedding is going to be forgotten in the sweeps drama of Stephen's comeuppance. In particular, Billy's speech on the radio hit hard and was beautifully delivered by Daniel Brocklebank. It's been so great to see him stand up for his beliefs, even as if, as you both noted, solely because it's affecting him directly. Mm. I know there are many in the C of E who d- disagree with the ban on gay services in church, but have still stuck with it because the community has been so important to them. I grew up Catholic and can definitely understand the motivations of some gay people who want to hope for equality despite the slowness of progress. I left the church because it just didn't represent my values and I wonder if that's where Billy is headed. By the way, I now attend a Unitarian church occasionally and while it started out as a branch of Christianity, now includes beliefs taken from many sources, including science and both Eastern and Western religions. that's interesting. And although ours was a very secular wedding, I've been to quite a few very fun gay weddings at the Unitarian church. Thanks as always. Oh, nice to hear. I'm I'm glad that I I wasn't completely... uh, shot down for the facts that I gave about Unitarianism last week. So, I don't know whether it's um, all always the same or whether there's different parties. I don't know whether American Unitarianism is the same as British Unitarianism. I'm going to say possibly not. Um, but yeah, you it's really know. interesting to hear from someone who has attended Unitarian churches sometimes. <laughs> and it is funny what you said about 
the, all the stuff from last week kind of being forgotten in amongst all I know, the serial killer drama. I actually had forgotten. Like, like, last week's podcast, I really, really enjoyed the street talk section even more than normal because we had some great chats about Billy's religion and the the, the C, the oh, C yeah. of E and should they change just because everyone else is changing and should they just snap their fingers and go to believing other things and then we we had the conversations about the vapes and everything oh, and this this week it's just there's nothing controversial crazy, this week it's just murders crazy serial killer on the loose in, in coronation street is such a weird program it is a little bit it's going to be back to normal next week like after all the high of this week next week it's probably going to be like wall-to-wall Stu and eliza or um even like oh, i God. am sad that the storyline's over yeah, because oh, yeah. it was, it's been a constant thing throughout the year, and even if there's been weeks that haven't been great, having Stephen come into it, it's like, oh, at least, at least that's still going. And Corey this year has been it all right. Comforting. But I, I, I'm just waiting. I, I want. What's the next big story going to be? That's a bit silly and not issues based. You know. Yeah. I wonder. I, running, I suppose it's the Peter stuff. Story. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that email. I really appreciate you writing in with your perspective Thanks, about. Yeah, all the way I from really Reno. think you made an important point there too about the community of the church, which um, I didn't. I don't think we really talked about. So no, that is why we like well. to have people tell us stuff from their perspective. Yeah. George says, well, what a week. I thought I'd start with all the flash forwards in the police station. Thought it was a neat trick, so but had my week. head spinning. Yeah, this is this week's stuff. I think um, he emailed this earlier, just this evening. And it should have been just one character as it took away from the mystery of who might be killed off. Yeah, they, exactly. As soon as we saw them being interviewed. There wasn't really a need for it. It could have just been Peter. It could have just been no flash forwards. Did it it's the same anything? It's the same with with all of the, the flashy effects that they had. And, and there was more of it on Monday. They reined in the effects on Wednesday and Friday, for sure. But yeah, Did it really add anything? I don't know. If you took it out, if Yeah, it if better? you took the flash-forwards out, would you have enjoyed it the same or maybe even more? I don't think you would have enjoyed it less, honestly. No. No, I, I don't think so. It, it intrigued you, but... I was already intrigued. Yeah, I know. Mm. Um, Anyway, back to the email. Um, The scenes with Tim and Stephen in the cab were so thrilling, it felt like a ticking time bomb just waiting to blow. However, Tim's ringtone was very funny. And yet we still don't know if Tim has been killed or not. Or we do know. You must have written this part way through uh, Friday's episode. Well, no, because Tim might still die. Uh, He's going to be fine. I said he would be. The Platts turned into Mystery Incorporated, but without the dog, which felt amateurish. (laughs) There was was David David the dog dog this week. Very true. And yet David proved to be the genius of the operation, piecing together everything Stephen's done since he set foot on the cobbles. Uh, That's another thing about the Platts this week. Not only were they um, a little bit more jovial than I would have liked, I thought it was very... um, Not necessarily as realistic as it might be, the speed in which they were able to piece together everything. I did, yeah. This is always the dilemma because... It was just felt just too much on the rush side on Wednesday. When characters take too long to put things together, you're like, come on, it's obvious. And when they just go, I know, he must have killed them. You're like, come on. It must on. have been this and this How and this you do happened. That? Yeah. I, I noticed lots of people mentioning there was a real strong similarity between the, the colour coordination of the major characters on the street and also the Scooby-Doo gang. I thought they looked more like Power Rangers because you had Sarah wearing pink. Yeah, she was the pink ranger. You had Elaine wearing yellow. Carla was the green ranger. Um, But yeah. Mm. 
Interesting. Anyway, back to the email. In the end, it all felt a bit anticlimactic with Stephen being knocked over by Peter. And I can't believe Audrey's calling it cold blood. Blood edit slide for now. Slide for now as she's in shock. Okay, so George isn't on Audrey's side. I am absolutely team Audrey on this. It clearly was in cold blood. I mean, he'd even stopped the car, hadn't he? It wasn't like he was going full pelt, Jenny walked away and he didn't have time to stop. This is what Swain was saying at the end to him. You accelerate. When you accelerated, was he holding the bottle? And he said yes. So, Lies. Peter, as Ken would say. Well, I mean... I don't know if they're pretending that Rosamond Street is different than it is like they did when Teddy got run over. But you can't... If you've been to the set, you'll know that that road is not much longer than you see when you're standing at the end of of, um, Coronation Street in front of the rovers looking towards the um, doctor's surgery. There's a tiny bit to to the right under the under the viaduct, and there's a tiny bit to the left where the kebab shop is. There's not enough space for you to have been like, oh, I was just driving really fast, so I didn't see him. He stopped, and then he accelerated, and he didn't really go that far. He stopped no. immediately afterwards. He did, deliberately did it. He mm. did it on purpose. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I was going to say something. Then what was I going to say? It's gone out of my head. Um, Stephen. Stephen. Car. Peter. No. Driving. It's Ken, gone. It's completely Audrey. gone. I was going to make a blood. really insightful point, but it has what do you think popped about away it? from my head. Why don't you think about it a little bit? Okay, well, you, read you, read, you read Laura's email. At this point, we've only seen Monday and Wednesday, she said, so I don't know what happens and I've avoided any spoilers. But so exciting so far and I'm loving it. And for those that say it's not realistic, I say good. Coronation Street tackles so many real-life issues and brilliantly. Paul, Cassie, Amy, etc. But how nice to have a break and just enjoy the drama. You're right, Laura. Thank you for making that point. Yeah. Thoughts so far, don't really understand how Tim can be alive after being strangled, crushed and burnt in his cab. But I remain open. And I love that no one noticed he was missing. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, is P- is Tim going to have any long-term physical effects? Is he going to be... How would you know? I, so I saw somebody, I think it was maybe on our Facebook group, he gets brain damage, had no said, or know. maybe he is in a coma and he wakes up on Christmas Day or something. But yes. That would be quite funny if that happened. Um... He's, he has been whacked on the head and strangled. You don't just come away alive from that and pop out the boot and say, sorry, Sal, I'm late for our banana verse. Sorry, I didn't make our tagine, but I bloody ate them. I thought I'd just get kidnapped <laughs> instead. Anyway, uh, she says, mm, Scooby-Doo plant gang was excellent. Let them carry on after and replace Inspector Greg. Stephen's plan switching airports was a masterstroke and so nearly worked. Who's nicked his passport? Audrey. No. Carla? No, Jenny. Did you think of what you were going to say? Yes, I was going to say... I was going to my head again. One of the... Oh, oh no, God. I was going to say, ironic and maybe poetic justice, that Stephen ended up dying in the place where he... Um, where um, Teddy was also hit by the van. Oh, nice. Wasn't he? It's literally, yeah. he shared the same fate as his uh, as one of his victims. And I've also liked to point out that the, um, you know, the publicity shot that they released for the week that you hate, Stephen is yeah. literally standing in the place yeah. where he got hit as well. I saw somebody said that on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so Laura continues with her thing saying, Laura, uh, Laura, Peter Barlow, yeah. Back being Peter Barlow, action man again, and not just an old man in slippers. Hooray! Oh, I bet you enjoyed Laura, today's episode then, Laura. You, you don't even know caller. if you've not seen Friday's episode yet. What do you think now of your hero, Peter Barlow, murderer? Hmm? Mm. I, I wonder what... We haven't even mentioned Simon because, you know, 
we would be forgiven for getting for forgetting Who's he that? exists. Simon is gonna he's gonna want to support his dad. He wasn't there. He doesn't know what's happened. Are we actually gonna see some Simon for a change? Could be interesting. Just Could be. put it out there. Could Laura be. Could says, not be. Roy is bad news quiche. Ken in a very random scene with trains. What's going to happen next? Absolutely no idea, and that's exciting. We'll miss Stephen and his crazy schemes, though. Can't wait for the podcast this week. Well, you've added it Did you it like now. it? I hope, hope it was worth it. <laughs> um, I just want to end with this one from Helen, because this was quite funny. And and I said thank you for everybody who enjoyed our bonus podcast this week about it's really people nice that Stephen could ha- should have killed. When we get feedback, we don't really often get feedback on the podcast. Um, no, most of the feedback we get is about feedback about Coronation yeah. Street. So that's, it's lovely. I mean, that's to, fine. It is fine, absolutely. Uh, but fine. it is really nice when we when people like what we do, because it takes a long time to do it. Yeah, well, I, I'd wanted to do a Patreon style top five for um, the normal podcast just so we could have a bit of a plug for the pod- Patreon. By the way, nobody knew joined up yet. <laughs> like, People why, enjoyed it. But it's why not... would I buy the cow when I get the milk exactly. for free? <laughs> um, so... So it was, it seems, I was just really pleased that we came up with an idea to put out for that episode that people got on board with. Yeah. And it was a whole mixture of fantasy and also this is why we want to get rid of the characters. So yeah. do, do go and listen and to it. And every single patron episode fun. is as good or better than that. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, Helen says, I love the podcast episode where Michael and Gemma discuss different scenarios. This was posted on Facebook group, by the way. Um, that were envisioned of who else Stephen would kill. A twist to the Chesney scenario. So your Chesney story ended up with him being um, beaten up in the kebab shop, and then this what was a very to him long. End? Qu- what do you mean? What happened to the end? Ches- right. This, this, the basic he... story is that Stephen... oh, his body was left there, wasn't it? Stephen t- uh, gets Chesney to take out a loan so they can make a cheeseburger together, and then um, Chesney confronts him in the kebab shop and realizes that he's trying to steal the loan money. Then they have a fight. And um, Stephen kills him with a chopping board, leaves his body there, takes money out of the till and makes yeah. it look like a robbery. So Helen says, a twist to the Chesney scenario would be if Stephen made Chesburgers <laughs> from his body. <laughs> Everyone would rave about how delicious Chesney's burgers are, but wonder where he disappeared to. But not knowing what really happened to him. <laughs> Gemma declares Chesney <laughs> dead and cashes in on the it. insurance money and she eventually gets back together with Henry Newton and lives happily ever after as the Queen of Newton and Ridley. Well, I am... I, <laughs> Full-heartedly so support that storyline. I love that. Making cheeseburgers out of Chesney. Yes, please. Do you know what I love but it's most too late about now, this? Because he's dead. I love most... The thing about this is that they will make this... You can imagine it's like the big launch of cheeseburger and they've invited like the mayor of Weatherfield and Councillor Maria Connor and all the big wigs of society are there. Yasmeen in her professional capacity as a, as a fellow chef. Stu, everyone... All, all there and they're eating these burgers like this is delicious this is fantastic and then later on the chef uh, who has um, prepared the cheeseburgers with this meat that they didn't know where it came from is like I can never replicate that recipe I don't know what it was but I've tried again and again to make yeah. cheeseburgers the way they were on launch night and I just <laughs> cannot get them as succulent and, and just there's something really bland about <laughs> <laughs> You know, well, Helen, you're twisted. Thank you. I love that. Maybe the maybe the burger part, maybe the patty of the Ches burger would be fairly bland, and it's all the extra. It's the sauce. The sauces that make the Ches burger. It's just like it's just like Gemma in real life. She uh, in the show, she's the sauce to Chesney's bland. (laughs) Right, I think the time has come for us to end this podcast. Uh, Bloody hell. 
it, it's, it's, it's 20 to 2 in the morning. The podcast like three hours and 40 minutes long. We've had your fill this week. We have got Gemma's delayed birthday event tomorrow afternoon where we've got people coming around the house with cocktails. So I'm going to have a boring baby's drink of, um, I don't even know we've what I'm We've also got somebody coming around we've never had run our house before so everything's got to be more tidy we, we, yeah do you know our friend Rachel she's no, got a new boyfriend no no I'm not allowed no, to say that no, I'm not allowed to say no. that so yeah we, we, we're spending tomorrow morning tidying the house up for everybody so um, we've got a lot to do yeah but thank you everybody for listening make rolls. thank you for, just for for all your meat. feedback Thank you for saying lovely things about the bonus podcast this week. Do feel free to say more. Yeah, do, do. We love it. And, <laughs> and, I, and I can't wait to hear your full thoughts on I Coronation know. Street yourself. What do you think is going to happen so next? I'm so excited about what the score is going to be for this week from the Facebook group. Yeah, me too, me too. Um, send do you send us in. your emails in, conversationstreet at gmail.com. You can write us a review on iTunes. Get one, you know you want to. We're on Instagram. We don't post Coronation Street spoilers, unlike the official account. We're on Twitter, we're on Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, Patreon. Patreon. We're all over the place. So go and find us. Give us a follow. It makes us very, very happy. And um, that's it. We'll be back next week with episode 598. We're getting that much closer to 600. Um, And and, and, yeah, see see you then, actually. That's it. Goodbye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. (laughs) 